0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
4: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
5: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your late night, early morning festivities. Lots to do this evening. Looking forward to hanging with you guys. Feel free to hit us up. 877-99 on Fox is phone number. Also on Twitter, at The No Show is where you can find me. So... I, I always say this before a show, lots to get into. It sounds just like a throwaway line. I use it so much, but it's true. There are a lot of things to get into. And I was just thinking at the top, You know, sometimes these, these evenings, there's like an A story. There's a big story. It's like, oh, we'll definitely lead with that. And there are other nights where there are a lot of B stories, you know, and you're kind of picking, choosing. What do I lead off with? Now, I personally think the Deshaun Watson story is an A story in terms of importance, in terms of impact, things like that. But I realize some people are tired of it. I get that. You can sense the fatigue from time to time. And so I'm thinking, I could lead with Deshaun, or I could tell you a story. And the more I thought about it, the more I came to the realization, you yeah, I think telling you a story would be the right way to go. So I want to tell you this. So I got to go to a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game on Thursday. My dad is originally from Alton, Illinois. And so as a kid, we would go there to see his parents, my grandparents. And so St. Louis is right down the road from Alton, Illinois. It's very close. And so my dad is a St. Louis Cardinals fan and passed that along to me. I remember as a kid growing up, I hate to even mention this, but, um, you know, I was a kid. I, I didn't know any better. Um, I, uh, I, I was starting to gravitate toward the Cubs. I know. Just hang with me for a second here. I, started, I loved Leon Durham. Leon Durham, for whatever reason, was my guy. And uh, I guess I w- was wearing a Cubs hat one day as a real young kid, and my grandpa saw that and just said, Oh, hell no. And he went and got me some Cardinal stuff and had righted the wrongs. Got me on the right track over there, right? 11 championships, better way to go, lots of winning. Cubs have been brutal mostly. So good save by my, my gramps over there. But I say all of that to tell you this. My dad passed his Cardinal fandom down to me. And so we got to go to the game on Thursday. And it was awesome holes hit a grand slam. We got to see Wainwright pitch. Yadier Molina was catching. So you've got Pujols and yadi They're hanging him up. This is it. Waino's still going strong in his 40s. He might be back next year. But it was awesome to see these guys be able to play. And to see Pujols hit a grand slam like that was really, really cool. And where it gets a little bit deeper than just going to a game with your dad is that it was just a strange day in a way because I got married in St. Louis. I proposed to my ex-wife in the Arch. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel being back there. When I'll watch the Cardinals on TV and I'll see the Arch, it's like, I don't know how to feel about it. I was trying to find a way to describe that. Think of a place that you just love going to. One of your favorite places on earth. And how would you feel about that place if you were robbed there? (laughs) Right? Like someone held you up and said, give me your keys and wallet and everything. You'd feel conflicted, right? You would still love the place but it'd bring up this bad memory and now I don't quite know how to... That's how I felt for a long time. And what was cool about it was that on the game Thursday, that really wasn't on my mind. It was just about being with my dad and enjoying the moment and not letting something from the past get in the way of something in the present and something I'll think back on fondly, you know, that was, was a good lesson. And there was a, an awesome story. This happened within the last month or two. I love this story so much. There's this woman, she's a mother of four and she was vacationing with her kids on the East coast and they always see this older lady. And this older lady has Alzheimer's. They've talked to this lady before, but because she has Alzheimer's, she doesn't remember. And anyway, the older lady went up to the mother of four and said, hey, would you help me get in the water? And immediately, the mother of four, her first reaction was like, ah, I really don't want to get wet. It's going to be cold. It's the ocean. Who knows what's in it? This, all these things are going through her head. And she put that to the side, and she just said, yeah, I'll help you get in the water. And so she helps this old lady get in the water, and she asks her, she says, what's your best mom advice? And the older lady said, to simply create memories. And that was just awesome. I love that story so much, and it's so true. It really is. And Thursday was a memory. I absolutely loved that day with my dad and for Pujols to go yard like that it was it was great this was the call on Valley Sports Midwest that has yeah, deeper meaning now that we were there it's really awesome
6: Albert hits it out to deep left it is gone it's a grand slam 690 off the bench Pujols pinch it. grand slam
5: yeah You know, I've said this for a long time, where I think that sports, it's not life or death, you know, but I always say life happens within a sport. That's why it matters so much. It's because you connect with people through sports, and that's why I think it has so much meaning and so much value. I have so many memories tied to just watching sports, not just playing it back in the day, but watching it, going to games with my dad or going to a, a Notre Dame game with my mom where there were a couple of weather delays against South Florida. Notre Dame lost that game. It was, that part was bad. But going to the game was awesome. We stuck it out through those weather delays. And going to a game with my uh, nephew, Minnie Matt, when he was a little kid, we went to a couple of games. I've, my sister is not a sports fan at all. Not even whatsoever. It's a running joke in our family, but... I got her to a, a football game, took her to a Ravens-Lions game back in the day. So I always think back to those those memories where you, I don't know, you just you share that with your loved ones. And I don't want to get too too heavy on you. I probably have already, but um, I've felt like this for a long time where I, I'm cool with dying. You know, like, <laughs> sounds like a crazy statement, but I... You know, it just means it's not like I want to. It's just that I'm comfortable with whenever that day comes. I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but that's been my perspective for a long time where I'm going to live each day to the fullest. I'm going to try to create as many memories and have as many experiences and strive to achieve things and all that stuff. But if today was the day, I'd shrug my shoulders and be like, all right. That's cool. It's been a good run. You know, like if the angel of death taps me on the shoulder and is like, "Hey, bro, you gotta come with me." I wouldn't like be pleading, "No, not now." I'd be like, "All right. I get it. That's fine." You know, but that game on Thursday, that was that was worth living for, you know? And it's just weird how life works out sometimes where my dad had a real serious heart attack a handful of years ago. It was around, I'd say, 2013. Because I was still doing radio in New York at the time. And I'll never forget, I was doing a, an event. It was like a live appearance. When you're doing like a local show, a lot of times they'll say, hey, come on out, watch uh, Monday Night Football. We're giving away snacks and you know, B-rated movies. <laughs> we'll have a great time, that type of thing. I was out doing one of those things, and my sister called, my dad was having a heart attack. And I talked to him briefly, and he couldn't get out many words. You know, it felt like an elephant was standing on his chest. And the doctor later said that like, he should have died from that. So it's just weird how sometimes things come together like that, where he could have easily passed away then, and we wouldn't have had that experience on Thursday at the Cardinals game as they waxed the Rockies 13 to nothing. It's just funny like that, man. Sometimes it's a trip that way, but uh, I'm really happy that it happened. I'm very happy that we got out there and uh, you know, I I know that it's funny as the show goes along tonight, I'm just skimming through my notes and I see up next Deshaun Watson. I'm like, Oh man, you know, we're going to see things differently at times we're going to see things really differently. We're going to think each other is crazy and making the dumbest point of all time. But when you strip it down to what we are at our core, and I feel like almost everybody listening is a sports fan to some degree, you know, we're not that different when it comes right down to the the core things. And I really do think that we can um we can relate to each other in that way where if you're a sports fan, I doubt that you've just been watching sports on your own and you haven't shared it with anyone, right? Like you make friends through sports. You have great memories with family members through sports, right? You don't just become a hermit and you're like, "Ah, I'm really into the PGA tour and right? Like it's shared with somebody else. So I just find it funny that we are so similar at our core yet we will completely forget about that at times when we are really passionate about our opinions on certain things. And I'm sure that'll happen tonight. We'll be pretty passionate about how we feel about whatever, the NFL or this uh, Deshaun Watson ruling or what have you. But it's just a reminder that at our core, we're, we're pretty similar, man. Very similar. All right, feel free to check in. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Always available on Twitter at the no show is where you can find me. Um, Okay. So we will get to the uh, nuts and bolts here around the corner. Uh, I've got some thoughts on the uh, interesting timing of a couple of Deshaun Watson statements recently. And uh, also a quick thought on what is quickly becoming an unwatchable preseason and what it means for the near future of the NFL. I think there's a layer. This lays the groundwork for something in the not-too-distant future. I'll uh, let you know about that as well. I'm Brian No.
8: I mean that real I got legendary Hall of Famers elite coaches and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else to make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ live wherever you get your podcast from.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
1: Fox Sports
4: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
5: live. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so I've got a couple of comments to make about Deshaun Watson. I'm going to try to make this as uh, painless as possible, but... The first thing is just the timing. Pretty interesting how the statements have changed based on the timing of the statements, I would say. So I'll take you back to last Friday. This was right before the Browns played their first preseason game. And it was uh, Cleveland at Jacksonville. And just before the telecast, about 20 minutes beforehand, there was a pre-taped interview with Deshaun Watson. And now this was with him potentially facing a more severe punishment, right? Where it was initially a six-game suspension. The NFL had appealed. There was a designee that was presiding over the case and determining what the punishment should be. So with Deshaun facing a more severe punishment, he issued an apology. Said, I want to say that I am truly sorry to all women that I have impacted in this situation. So it was right before the games, weird timing, and uh, it was before the punishment, so it it seemed like, hey, you know, I'm I'm sorry, you know, my bad, but it was kind of vague, it's clearly lawyered up. Then this Thursday, the settlement was reached between the NFL and the NFLPA. Eleven game suspension for Deshaun, five million dollar fine. And then things changed. Then, Deshaun, is I never assaulted anyone. I never disrespected anyone. I stand up my innocence. Here's a taste of that. I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and, and, and keep
9: pushing forward. And I've always, you know, stood on not disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone.
4: You what are you, you apologizing know? for? Then? What are you apologizing
9: for? For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered.
4: But not the women that accused
9: you of this? I've apologized to all women. So anybody that was affected, even yourself, every everything.
5: Okay. <laughs> I'm a little confused at the end there. It sounded like the, a guy asked the questions. I, I'm even apologizing to you as a woman. <laughs> I don't, Maybe it's pointing to somebody else. I don't know what the ending of that was. But you see how the statements have changed significantly. Deshaun, before the punishment, I, I'm truly sorry to all women. Deshaun, after the punishment, I stand on my innocence. I never assaulted anyone. And I apologize to all women everywhere, even though I'm innocent. Okay. (laughs) You know, and then we get to this. This to me is the most interesting part. Really good question that was asked to Deshaun. Listen to how this interaction played out on Thursday.
10: If you maintain your innocence, is this punishment unfair?
5: Uh, I can't speak
9: on the, the fairness. I, I only can co- really control what I can control, and that's you know through, throughout this process. You know the NFL did what they had to do, and the uh, NFLPA, you know, communicated with the legal side. Like I said before, I focused on you know being out here, being the best teammate and football player and quarterback I can for the Cleveland Browns, and I let the legal side handle it. But the other you, know, side. you
8: must have an opinion on whether it was fair or not. Uh, Of course, everyone
9: has their own opinion. But I think, you know, for my peace and my sake, I'm going to keep my opinion to myself.
5: Okay. This is what raises a red flag for me. Because it's just got to add up. And this doesn't add up. If you are in a position where you are truly innocent, and I'm talking to you, everybody listening, like literally you, you're in a position where you haven't done what you've been accused of. You're innocent. Wrongfully accused. Of something really bad. And you didn't do it. And you receive a punishment for it. What would you say about that? Like, would you just be like, yeah, I've got my opinions, but, uh, you know, I don't think it makes much sense. You couldn't shut me up in a situation like that. You could I would be yelling, this is some B.S. Are you kidding me? 11 games and $5 million when I've done absolutely nothing wrong? If you're innocent, you would say something like that. I promise you I would have. And I think most truly innocent people would be saying something along those lines. I, I just, I cannot... I cannot wrap my mind around someone truly innocent saying what Deshaun just did. You can never convince me that that's a statement of someone who did nothing wrong. And that's where it doesn't make sense. For anybody who says, oh, yeah, I I believe Deshaun. For anyone who has Deshaun's back, that part just does not make sense. I don't think you would say those things. I don't think you would behave in that manner. If you truly did nothing wrong, yet you're suspended for 11 games and fined $5 million? And you're not sharing any of your opinions on that? (laughs) That doesn't add up to me at all. And the last point I'll make on it as of now is I think for a lot of the people defending Deshaun, um... (laughs) I think that if this is one of your friends that is in a similar situation, I'm trying to make this as understandable as possible. It's not as much the allegations, like put that to the side. Put the allegations and the possible or probable wrongdoing, depending on your perspective, to the side. Okay? If one of your friends has this story come out in the newspaper where he's had 66 massage therapists over 17 months. I mean, just pause it right there. Like, And, oh, by the way, your friend is, like Deshaun Watson, famous, rich, good-looking, an NFL quarterback. You would be clowning this guy. You'd be like, dude, you have zero game at all. What are you doing? Like, We're not even talking about the allegations yet. It's just the fact that he was with 66 massage therapists over a 17-month period and obviously trying to get something more out of it, endings of the happy variety, if you will. It's like, dude, you're rich, good-looking, famous, And you're doing this? That's what's interesting to me is a lot of the people that are defending Deshaun would absolutely be clowning this guy if this was one of their friends. (laughs) That's what you would do. You'd be like, really? One of your friends that is even remotely close to Deshaun, it might just be a good-looking friend of yours that's not rich or famous or any of those. You'd be like, dude, what are you doing you don't have enough game to like score a date here or there? Like, <laughs> I, it's, just, it's just funny to me, in a way some of these people are like, just have Deshaun's back through and through. It's like, what are you doing? What, look. Did you forget that you'd be clowning a friend for acting in a similar manner? A lot of people have. A lot of people have, but uh, I guess if you just I think you could go and and do hours and hours on this. And talk about fifty nine different, you know, like uh subcategories of this whole thing. This is obviously a dude who's been totally lawyered up and he's playing a game. Nothing is genuine, nothing is forthright, all of it is just solely aimed at moving on after being creepy at best and being a sexual assaulter at worst. <laughs> but, That's all it is. If you buy anything as being genuine, uh, you are as gullible as it gets. Because this has not been genuine from the get-go. That's just the truth. This is not me just, oh, yes, awesome, I get to bash Deshaun tonight. I think the whole story is sad. I I honestly, I don't want any of this to be true because I don't want to believe, well, I, I don't want, I don't know what the right word is, I don't want anybody to be mistreated, you know? And with the, all these allegations, I hate the thought of this actually being true and those women going through that and having to deal with the consequences and the aftermath and all of that. I wish none of this happened. I wish none of it were true. Um, but I'm not going to act like I was born last night either. You know, it's simple. Two plus two equals four here. And if Deshaun is truly innocent, I don't know why he'd be accepting this punishment and just kind of shrugging his shoulders like, yeah, I'm going to keep my two cents to myself. You couldn't shut me up if I was accused of that and I was totally innocent. You couldn't pay me to shut up. I would never shut up about something like that. And he's just going to shrug me like, "Yeah, you know. is what it is, I guess. I'm just going to keep my thoughts to myself. That doesn't add up at all. Not at all. Oh, something that does add up is our guy, Kevin Figures. He's with us this evening to spin us around the sporting landscape and much more. Kay Fig, how are things going, my man? Everything things are good. Everything is great, Brian.
11: Everything is amazing. We have football, albeit it's preseason. It's one of those everybody gets excited for week one of the preseason, and then about halfway through the first half of the first game, they're like... So when does the regular season start
5: again? When's the man, opening day? It's like, it's like after the first series though, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, man,
11: it's rough. It is pretty uh, pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Uh, well, uh, we'll start here with some a uh, look around the Major League Baseball diamond. Starting in L.A. with the Dodgers, they got seven innings of one-run ball from starter Tyler Anderson. They ended up with a 2-1 victory over the Marlins. Washington beating San Diego 6-3. Juan Soto going hitless against his former team. Paul Goldschmidt hit his 30th home run of the season for St. Louis. They beat Arizona 5-1 for their fifth consecutive victory. Eugenio Suarez, two home runs for Seattle as they blasted Oakland 10-2. Pete Alonso his 30th home run of the year. The Mets with a 7-2 win over the Phillies. Tristan McKenzie struck out 14 batters for Cleveland. They beat the White Sox 5-2. Twins are one game behind the Guardians in the AL Central. They defeated the Rangers 2-1. to Wins for the Orioles, Rockies, and Braves. Toronto shut out the Yankees 4-0. Yanks have now lost 14 of their last 18 games. NFL mm. preseason, Houston beat the Rams 24-20. Davis Mills, 10-17 of 17, passing for 96 yards and a touchdown pass for Houston. Back to Brian No,
5: You know, K-Fig, uh, some good news, bad news here. All right. So I was at the uh, Cardinals game on Thursday, and the Cardinals are just working the Rockies, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, I, I busted out uh, my phone, got on DraftKings, and oh, I'm no. like, you know what? I think I'm going to enter in a 99-cent bet on the Cardinals' team total. At the time, they had to get to 10 runs, and they had six at the moment, like in the third inning or something uh-huh. like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking they're going to get there. And I went to enter it. Not in a state that allows it, k oh, Doesn't allow it worst. over there.
11: And I'm yeah. sure like 3 minutes later is when Pujols hit that grand slam. <laughs> it <So>. really
5: was. <laughs> Pujols at the grand slam would have hit the me. team over. Uh. Yeah. So I couldn't enter in that bet. And for the people that are like 99 cents, what are you doing? So I stink at betting hockey apparently and it wiped out my account except for like 50 cents. And I'm like, I'm not any good at betting baseball or hockey. I'm just going to wait till the football season. So for the last couple of months, I've just been betting like a quarter here or there, or like a dime. You know, it's like gambling lingo. Is I got a dime, you got a thousand bucks on it. I literally have just a dime <laughs> on a lot of these. So I got in on the Patriots Kfig. Okay. I had them after the first quarter. They were brutal in the first quarter. They were down three nothing. I had them in the first half plus one. That hit, and I had them in the game minus two. That hit also. All right. So grand total of maybe. I don't know, $0.70? I'm not Ooh. sure what I actually profited.
11: All right. You could have bought a, a can of Pepsi like 30 years ago with uh, with that.
5: Yeah, what will that get me now? What will $0.70 <laughs> cents buy me right now is what I want to know. Not much. I don't think yeah. you'd even take a public uh, public bus for somewhere
11: for $0.70. Cents. <laughs> so.
5: <laughs> yeah, can you buy stamps for $0.70? Pretty soon, maybe not. Doubtful, to be honest. You know, you were saying this, though, K-Fig. With the NFL preseason, it is. It's largely unwatchable, man. You get a little bit, like Mac Jones played a little bit in the first quarter. He played the entire first quarter with the Patriots. you get some of the starters here and there. But the preseason is largely unwatchable. Yeah. And this is absolutely, make no mistake, this is greasing the skids for an 18-game season. Mm Mm-hmm. Not too far down the road. Like we just got to 17. It's going to stay 17 for a little while, but just you watch the preseason is so bad. We hardly get to see any of the starters. And if we do, it's not for like the old school dress rehearsal where they'll play a full half or like three quarters. That was commonplace. Not that long ago. Now it's more common. These guys hardly get on the field at all. And I think you're going to see ownership around the NFL say, man, this is just an inferior product. How about let's do this let's uh let's have 2 preseason games and 18 regular season games and We'll have two buys, and we'll give you X amount of money, and yada, yada, yada. But this is absolutely greasing the skids for an 18-game season, k
11: Yeah, and I think even potentially maybe even one preseason game down the road. I know the big argument against it, at least from an ownership standpoint throughout the years, was, well, gate revenue. You know, people – now, granted, we might quote-unquote sell out a preseason game, but that many people don't show up. But you're still, you know, parking and concessions. But, I mean, they're making money hand over fist with these TV deals. I mean – in the mm-hmm. grand scheme, Brian, how much money are you really losing from a gate revenue standpoint for a preseason game that most fans don't even show up to to begin with?
5: Yeah, well, yeah, you get that gate and all of that, but, uh, just man, kinda, that TV money, you know? Yeah, it's stupid.
11: Like, how much are you really losing, if we're to being completely honest with ourselves?
5: Well, when you get those national broadcasts, like, let's just say they're replacing one week of a of a preseason, like one week of preseason games. Mm-hmm. With a week of regular season games, right? Like the financial gain is massive. And so I can see the wheels turning already like, hmm, 18. It's an even number. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) we can, we can earn X amount of dollars, even more. And they're trying to get to $25 billion per year.
11: That it, would help. It won't be as lucrative, but you can still have, you know, the inner squad scrimmages have become more commonplace, you know, the last yeah. few years. Just have, you know, three weeks of inter-squad scrimmages where you allow fans, NFL Network can broadcast a few or some local affiliates if you choose to sell a little bit of revenue and do it that way and have just one official preseason game per team because that's really all you need. Most of the time, the evaluations that teams make on their players, I'd say, I'd go, what, 70% of it is made based off of practice, then every now and then you want to get some live activity in a real game atmosphere with some young guys. But other than that, there really isn't a lot of value in more than one or two preseason games if we're to be completely honest with ourselves at this point.
5: Yeah, there really isn't. but um, make no mistake, I'm not leading the charge for this. I'm kind of just the weatherman. man. Yeah. I can see a, <laughs> you know, a low-pressure system mixed with it. I'm like, oh boy, you know because yeah. if you gave me the option, Kfig, I would have kept it at 16 games. Yeah, I would because there's always so much wear and tear you can take. I think this is trimming uh, careers down, depending on the position that you play. You know, if you're playing a, a running back position, middle linebacker, high impact, you're in the trenches, right? Like that is that's a lot for your body to withstand. And I think that will over time shrink careers down. And I don't want to see that. And I also thought for records and things like that. Now all well, we we got to do a conversion thing. You know, mm-hmm. if Cooper Cup ended up with more receiving yardage than Megatron, we would have well, he did it in seventeen compared to sixteen and ba, ba, ba I would have kept it at sixteen. And that's you know me, I'm an NFL junkie. I must die hard as it gets. but I just thought it worked better um so I'm not advocating for 18 I just see it moving in that direction yeah
11: I think most of us for for the last few years have seen that the they're going to inch closer to an 18 game schedule I'm with you by the way and I think it's very difficult for the NFL to claim that they care about player safety yeah <laughs> yet they want to keep adding regular season <laughs> games to the schedule it's something something doesn't uh add up there for me
5: yeah no you're right about that yeah you can yeah, you can't claim. Oh, we're all about your health and safety. You just crash into each other for 60 minutes and see how that works for your body. Yeah, yeah, you can't say both. Cannot say both. And
11: I'm a, le- right. I'm also a less is more guy, by the way, from a schedule yeah. standpoint. So I mean, if you were going to keep it at 16, I would have been totally fine with that. You know, expanding playoffs and all this stuff. I think it's just you're you you're pumping up or giving a mediocrity, you know, a greater chance of making it in. And I'm not a fan of that. So I think there should be playoffs should be if anything they should be you know less teams not more but that I feel like I'm in the minority to a certain degree on
5: that I I do too you know I I was cool with 16 games and six playoff teams in each conference I liked the top two seeds getting a bye week I Mm -hmm. thought it just I thought it was perfect I agree um and I don't hate 17 games and hate that seven teams in each conference it's not like I'm you know switching to a different sport that I love the most you know, it's fine. It's whatever. But uh, yeah, if you gave me the option, I would have stuck with the old way. I thought it just worked better. I yep. thought it was a better setup. Yeah. All right. Plenty to get to. Um, feel free to hit us up. eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. If you're holding, I will get right on to you. Also, I want to pay this off. There is, there's a common mistake that many NFL fans and media members are making as we speak. You might be one of these people making this mistake. And I, uh, I'd like to point it out. I'd like to point it out. That's on the way. I'm Brian No, Hang with us right here on Fox
6: Sports Radio. I'm Brian. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
5: I know here on Fox Sports Radio, by the way, Chris, are we ever going to have Slayer Night on this show? Should we plan that Hmm. at some point? Yeah.
12: Tell you what, I've got it right here on my calendar, February 30th.
5: (laughs) You know what's sad about that? What's that? The metal fan in me got really excited for a second where you're like, yeah. I'm like, Chris is (laughs) on board. Let's go. All right. giving you plenty of metal. What do you want? Then you hit me with that. February thirtieth. Yeah, like that. It's Very a real well date. Played by you. Very well done. All right, uh, let me get out to the phones. I believe Benny is there in Bellingham. Benny in Bellingham. Very nice ring to it. Benny, what's going on, man? You're on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, Bron? The no Good, Show. Buddy. What's on your mind, Benny? How you doing, man? Hey, so I got a little little different take on the Deshaun
13: Watson thing, man. Or as I refer to him as Uncle Purvy. So I'm not so worried about what the fans are going to do. I think it's I played football. Defensive players, somebody's going to take a cheap shot and take him out.
5: I don't see it, man. I appreciate you checking in, Benny. Um, and, and thank you for keeping it with football. I know, you know. <laughs> look, man, uh, I almost brace for impact when I, I'm like, all right, let's go out to whoever. Got some Deshaun Watson thoughts for us. It's uh, You ever see those fans that are watching a game oh, no. through their fingers where it's like a really tense moment in the game and they almost can't look and they're like, oh, gosh. That's how I am taking Deshaun phone calls because some people uncork some stuff that's just wild or weird, you know? Um, but no, I, I appreciate the thoughts. I just don't, I don't think that'll happen. Um, I, You've had this theory many times before of, Hey, this player did something either inappropriate or wrong or disrespectful to the other team. And, It just doesn't happen nearly as often as you would think. You know, what do you see right now in training camp, really, is you see a lot of training camp fights. And the coaches every year are just instilling this in, hey, like, push the boundaries, but don't cost your football team. You know? Push the boundaries, but don't cost yourself 15 yards, or your team 15 yards, right? Right. So all those cheap shots and all that stuff, it doesn't happen nearly as often as you think it might. So I don't—I really don't anticipate that happening. Jason is in South Dakota. wants to check in here. What's going on, Jason? Uh, not much. on with you guys? Hey, man. Everything. <laughs> all right. Well, I was just going to say, I, I I have a different uh,
14: take on preseason, um, and this is just this is going to come on you know the the Homer side of me, but uh, you know preseason back in the mid 90s, uh, a game up in uh, I believe in Tokyo, a random uh, six round running back yeah. from Georgia laid out a guy in on the kickoff. If that guy wouldn't have done that, the world probably would have never known who Terrell Davis is. Because of that preseason game, he became well-known, and then Mike Shanahan was like, just go ahead and put him back out there and keep letting him go. And that's exactly what preseason is. Sure, the games are not like, holy cow, exciting, but at least you get to find out who your rookies are, who your you know, second-chance, third- chance guys are, because you've got to get, you get depth on a team. And to me, I don't care if a game is 17-3 to three or something like that. I just want to know who our backups are because you never know who's going to develop. And that's why I love preseason football. And I hope they keep at least three games. Um, I don't care if starters play because they're going to be playing all year. Just get the guys in that you don't know and then you get to find out who you have.
5: Hey, man, I, I appreciate you checking in. Like, uh, And I hear what you're saying. Um, I think there's a big difference between it serving a purpose and it being entertaining, you know? And the way it's gotten now with starters playing less and less and less and less, it's gotten less and less and less entertaining. But yeah, to your point, it certainly serves a purpose. And there have been some guys, I want to say it was, I think it was Victor Cruz with the Giants, and he had a really good preseason game, and that's partially how he got on a team. So you've got those storylines, and you could even have it, To this day, even though starters don't play, you might argue it's even more likely to happen where some of the backups or even a third stringer gets a chance that they might not have gotten when the, the starters are playing more minutes. So, yeah, I think it serves a purpose, but it's definitely getting less entertaining along the way. If they move it to 18 games, I think it's going to be the same thing as what happened when they moved it to 17, where they take away a preseason game and just have an extra regular season game. Uh, let's see, we've got a little bit of time here. Arnold is in Dayton, wants to check in. Arnold, you're on Fox Sports Radio. What's up, man?
8: Hey, guys, how you doing? I'm going to be real quick. Um, I'm a traditionalist. You know, uh, I'm old enough to remember when they played 12 games. But the thing that kills me is the, the hitting is not there. Um, you see a good hit, you're waiting for a flag. Uh, a quarterback, somebody gets pushed into his knees and it's on accident, you get a flag. Then um, you're constantly watching the game and going, oh, that's a good hit. If the flag going to fly in. <laughs> so in preseason, you, these guys are trying to get jobs, and I understand that. But I'm just to the point where leave, the league needs to leave it alone. You're trying to make too much money. You, you're making a killing now, okay? And And it's like, why are we constantly – Doing, Let's add more. Hey, let's add another game. And I'm going to be honest with you. I work every day. I can't afford to go to an NFL game. I can't can't afford it. It's too too expensive. And don't get me wrong. I've been wondering to myself, how do all these folks afford these $300 tickets and parking? And, okay, unfortunately, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. My brother and I, let's, let's go to a game. We looked at the price. I said, you know what?
5: I can sit at home and watch this. I hear you, Arnold. Watch my Listen, man, the the at-home experience is really good, too. We're up against it. But I want to circle back to the thought about flags and hitting and all of that. And uh, a couple of bad signs for a couple of teams. That's on the way. Fox Sports Radio has
4: the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your early morning slash late night, depending on where you're listening. You know, lots of stuff is on my mind. And uh, one of the things I wanted to get to is, I think there's a common mistake that a lot of NFL fans are making. A lot of media members are making this mistake. And I don't know the perfect way to say it because... Just saying that, it makes it sound like, I've got it figured out. They don't. Let me educate you. (laughs) I don't mean it like that. But uh, there's just a common mistake that's happening. The common mistake that's happening is that many people compare a team in the NFL heading into this season compared to what that team was the previous season. It's not all bad, If you say, hey, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're not as strong going into this season as they were last season. And you can fill in the reasons why. Hey, Ryan Jensen, the starting center, is down. Their interior offensive line. Ali Marpet retired, right? They lost another guy. Alex Kappa due to free agency. You can list all of these things. Chris Godwin's coming back from injury. The list goes on and on. Gronk retired. Who knows where Tom Brady is right now. But the thing I want to say is it's not the 2022 Tampa Bay Bucks versus the 2021 Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay? Like it's one thing to compare a team now to what it was the previous season. But that's not the only thing that matters. I think Tampa is a perfect example of this. You could argue that they're not as good right now as they were last season. Fine. So what? Look at the NFC. Who's their main competition? It's the Rams. I would argue it's the Rams and Tampa are in that top tier. And there's a drop-off to the next tier. It's Tampa and the Rams. I want to put the Packers in that top tier. Now, what they have at wide receiver and all their questions right there. i put them in the second tier. So I just think that it's incomplete if you're looking at Tampa and saying, well, they're not as good as they were last year. My response would be, you're right, but they're not competing against themselves. They're competing against these other teams in the NFC for playoff positioning. Who do you love in the NFC? Who do you love in their division? Falcons? Horrible. Panthers? Dreadful. Saints? Eh, okay. Maybe a playoff team. <laughs> so I hear the, oh, Tampa's not what they once were. Who the hell cares? Who cares? What does it really mean? And it goes the other way also. Philly. You hear this about Philadelphia. And they got better. Don't get me wrong. They get A.J. Brown, I like some of the draft picks that they made, right? They, they're they a better team now compared to what they were last season. Okay, but it's not the 2022 Eagles versus the 2021 Eagles. It's the 2022 Eagles versus all the other 2022 teams. Okay, that's the way it works. So you can tell me about Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean, both defensive players from Georgia. I like those draft picks. I love them getting A.J. Brown. That's a nice upgrade. Hassan Reddick is an underrated guy. I saw a stat about Hassan Reddick. This is crazy, man. I'll see if I can find it real fast. But uh, I believe he is fifth in uh, sack total over the last two seasons combined. That's right. He's got 23.5 sacks over the last two seasons. Hassan Reddick, who did nothing his first couple of years, And then got after the quarterback the last couple of years. Philly just picked him up. Fifth in the league in sacks over a two-year span. Pretty good. Pretty good. They picked him up. Philly's better. Okay, but how much better? It's not about them versus them. It's about them now versus everybody else. And uh, when you're competing against the Cowboys in your own division, the question is, did they do enough to overtake them? It's not good enough to just get better yourself. It's like, how much better relative to everyone else? That's what really matters. And I I just don't think that the second part is mentioned enough. You know, it's one thing to compare Tampa now to Tampa then, or Philly now to Philly then. But what really matters is Tampa now versus Philly now, versus Dallas now. Versus the Rams now. Versus everyone now. Not back then. And uh, I don't know, man. You just hear that all the time. And I'm like, you realize this is only half the equation, right? Like, this is not, hey, they're better than last year. Okay, the Chargers, they're better. I would argue a lot better than last year. Are they good enough to beat the Chiefs and overtake that division? Time will tell. But don't sell me on, well, the Chargers are better than they were. Okay, cool. But do you think they're good enough to win the division? That's all that really matters. <laughs> like most of these teams got better. Most of them. So I I just think that's an incomplete uh, thought process. That's all. I'm Brian Note here on Fox Sports Radio. 877 99 on Fox is your phone number. By the way, a uh bad sign for a couple of teams, I would say. The Patriots. I look at the Patriots. They're like a downsizing radio station. Now, maybe this is only a good comparison, because I've been in radio for a long time, but that's what the Patriots are. They were in preseason action on Friday, and Matt Patricia was calling the plays. I don't know if it was the whole game, or Joe Judge got some double barrel action over there, dual offensive play callers, but... Matt Patricia, the former defensive coordinator for the Patriots for six years, is now the guy calling offensive plays. This is just like radio. My radio people know this. If you don't, that's cool. I'll tell you real fast. There are a lot of radio stations that have downsized over the years for numerous reasons. Trying to save cash, right? And so they'll let some people go, and then the people that remain just have more duties. They just have more jobs, They're getting paid the same, but they have more to do. That's the way it goes. Where if they got rid of a program director, it's like, okay, well, the Rock PD, well, you're now also the sports radio PD as well. You know, you got another station to look after. (laughs) That's what the Patriots feel like right now. They feel like a downsizing radio station, and they're like, oh, shoot, uh, we don't have our offensive coordinator anymore. All right, well, Matt Patricia, you're just going to have to call offensive plays. Yeah, those are your duties now. Yep. That's the way it's going to be. Doesn't that feel like it to you? That's what the Patriots are. And they were brutal in the first quarter. Shocker. They've been brutal all training camp and preseason, reportedly. And they couldn't do anything against the Panthers. I don't even know if the Panthers had their starters out there on defense. They didn't do anything in the first quarter. Put a drive together in the second quarter. Scored a touchdown. But it has been lean in terms of good results for the Patriots this offseason. And they are trending down. You know, I just got done telling you, don't just compare a team now to what it was the previous year. So I will not fall victim to this with the Patriots. The Patriots are worse than they were last year. They are a team pointed in the wrong direction. They have lost their offensive coordinator in Josh McDaniels, and now they have a former defensive coordinator calling plays. At least we're assuming he will. It hasn't... <laughs> Hasn't been made known just yet. No rush. We're still, whoa, man, uh, well under less than a month before the season kicks off for real. Like, no rush. Why? Eh, minor details there. Who's calling offensive plays? I don't like their overall talent. I don't like who's calling offensive plays. It feels weird. And I don't like whether they stack up in their division, and especially in the AFC. If you look two years ago of the 14 playoff teams, only seven of them made it back last year. And so when you're looking at the playoff field from this past season, if you're asked to, hey, pick out seven teams that made it last season that will not make it back to the playoffs this season, that exercise is harder than you think. Because it's like, all right, you can pick off a couple, all right, Steelers, don't expect them. You know. Uh, it gets a little dicey, right? I think the Patriots will not make it. I have more faith in the Dolphins. Yes, full disclosure, I'm a Dolphins fan. Hashtag GoFins. The Dolphins are absolutely, unquestionably more talented. Talent doesn't always win out. But if I'm gonna gamble. I'm going to gamble on talent more than anything, uh, especially in the NFL. Dolphins are more talented. Bills obviously are more talented. Bills are the class of the division. I just don't think the Patriots have enough to sneak in this year. Uh, Time will tell, but the arrow is pointed down for them. There's no doubt about that. Okay, let me sneak in a call here real fast. We're talking about the preseason. Brandon is over there in Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska had a thought about uh, preseason football. What's going on, Brandon?
9: Hey, Mr. No, thanks for having me on. Fins up. Uh, I was just uh, calling in about the preseason thing. I'm sorry I got in a little bit late, but basically the big reason I would be a proponent for the preseason would be because it's a much more family-friendly environment for kids to be able to go. Um, I've been to several Chiefs-Broncos games, Broncos-Dolphins games, and You know, it's not really a family-friendly environment. In my experience, just F-bomb this, F-bomb that, dumping beer on people, shoving people, fighting, all that stuff. None of that stuff happens in the preseason, so I feel comfortable taking my kids and letting them see the football game. You know, they don't get to see the Tom Brady's of the world, but they at least get to see a pro football stadium, pro football environment. So I'd be a huge proponent to keep the preseason mainly for that reason.
5: All right, man. Yeah. Hey, thanks for checking in. It can get a little crazy at NFL games. We could do the rest of the show on people calling in with their wildest story from a game that took place. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it can get a little wild. I I would think it, you know, every now and then there's got to be a a preseason dust up or something wild happening. But I would agree it doesn't happen nearly as much as a, a regular season event. I don't know man like even if they we're not going to go to 0 preseason games and 20 regular season NFL games. You know what I'm saying? If anything they would take one more additional step to have two preseason games and then 18 regular season games, right? Like you get that one trade off. We we trade in one preseason preseason week for an additional regular season week, but you would still have two weeks of the preseason. If that's the angle, right? If you just think it's more family friendly, it's not going to go away for good. I I just don't see that happening. They're still making money off of it. They're still, they still have a gate. Chris, you have something here? Yeah, I just, I feel like we don't even need to take away preseason
12: games. I feel like the one thing, and I hear it from players all the time, like I think the NFL just needs to say, all right, we'll go to 18, but you're going to get a second bye week. Yeah. Like just, that seems to be the big seven block is like these guys need one extra week off of rest if you're going to extend the season any further than this. I really don't know why they don't do it now. No, Even right now, even at 17 games is a hard slog, especially if you get your bye week in like week six. You have 11 weeks to go.
5: I just think it makes sense for both sides. You get a little extra rest if you're a player. That's beneficial. And you get an extra week of broadcasting games for the NFL. Yeah, you're talking about like week 20 now. Yeah. Like, why is that bad? I have no idea why, they're, why the NFL is so against that. It doesn't make any sense to me. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. I will get right to you. 877-99-ON-FOX. is your phone number. I will get to, uh, ooh, there's a bad sign for another team. And, oh, it, coming up also in this hour, a lot of people fought me. On this view, I had a lot of people, but Brian, what you got to consider this and consider that things have changed. I want to revisit one of these stories that we sparred on uh, recently, that's on the way as well. I'm Brian No,
6: keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs)
5: here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, so I got some pushback last week. I was telling you, hey, um, it makes no sense what the Cleveland Browns are doing. Deshaun Watson was facing a stronger punishment, and yet Deshaun was getting the bulk of the first team reps. And I was like, why why would he's going to be suspended for the first six games? At a minimum, it's going to be longer than that why would he be getting the bulk of the first team reps that makes no sense right now at least at the time uh, Jacoby Brissett was penciled in as the week one starter and that's the situation right now too now that we know it's an 11 game suspension and what do you know Jacoby Brissett will get all of the first team reps the rest of the way crazy how that works wow what a concept. Getting the guy who's going to start in week one ready. Whoa, mind blown. I can't believe the pushback. I Well, Brian, I mean, Deshaun, he hasn't played in a long time. Yeah, and he's not going to continue to play either. Why would he be getting the bulk of the first team reps? It's insane. No, Brian, you got to think of this and consider that. There's a guy that owes me some Mountain Dew. Someone called in last week and, and bet me a, a beverage. He said an adult beverage. And uh, I was like, you know, I, I don't drink. My dad had a problem drinking. So I just never started, you know. Uh, I'm not, you know, alcohol is the devil. It's not what it is. You know, all my friends drink. I don't know if I have any friends that don't drink <laughs> now that I think about it. But I just don't personally do it. So he's like, oh, okay. I'm like, you give me a Mountain Dew. He's like, all right, you're on. I don't know if I'm ever going to hear from that guy again. I started thinking about this. I like gambling. I need to stop gambling with listeners because they don't pay. You guys welch all the time. I can't find you. Sir Scratchoff called me every week until he lost a $200 bet to me. I can't find him at all. He's disguising his voice. He's going into witness protection. It's a whole thing. I had a bet with a listener um this was 2 years ago. It was a Rams Seahawks playoff game. Rams went to Seattle. This was during the pandemic year and and beat the Seahawks. And we had a couple of Twitter exchanges, you know, where I'm like I, I think the Rams are going to win this one. And He's like, "Oh, no, 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 Seattle." And I'm like, "All right, you're on. Let's bet." And after the game, he was like, "No, no, no. I, I wasn't actually betting you. I was I was just saying like I'm like, really? Dude? Throw me the money! <laughs> I don't know that anybody has paid off a bet, and we'll make them from time to time. Like sometimes it's money. So I've got a one hundred dollar bet with Van in Alabama. If Van deserts me, I'm going to be highly upset on this. He says Atlanta's going to the World Series again, so I took the field in the NL. If the Braves crash and burn, I. I just pray that Van doesn't go into witness protection like Sir Scratchoff did. You know what I'm saying? My heart can't take that. Can't take it. I hope that's not the case. But in any event, Jacoby Brissett getting all of the first team reps. What a freaking concept. Getting the guy who's supposed to start week one ready for week one. Wow. Mind blown. For all these people. Well, Brian, we don't know that Deshaun's going to be suspended. for. we, We do know. We knew it then. He was going to be suspended for a minimum of six games. But it might go to federal court. There might be a temporary restraining order. You, you don't know. Dude, stop, please. No, Brian, no, no, no. I will I will not listen to your logic over Ugh, I was just fought on that. We'll get to the Jimmy G rumors in a little while, but we got to space out our Cleveland Brown talk, I feel like. You know what I mean? <laughs> Got to take a, better get a T.O., baby. We got to take a 20 every now and then, you know. Tastefully done, the whole thing. All right, let's hear from our guy, Paul. Paul is in Rhode Island. Our guy, Paul. What's going on, Paul? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, I I was
7: going to start this uh, conversation with um, the Brady stuff, you know. He is the pilot in the aircraft. In that uh,
5: situation,
7: the guy is going to not do very well this year. I'm Tom Brady's sorry. not going
5: to do very well. Why is he not going to do very well, Paul?
7: Because he sees the money on the other side of the fence. Okay. So, uh, that. What, what money on the other side me... of the
5: fence? I don't follow that. What does that mean? The, the, Fox, oh, the, the, uh, the Fox. the Fox. big TV money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's gonna, he yeah. sees dollar signs, and he's just going to be pathetic this year is what you're telling me.
7: Well, uh, he sees dollar signs. His wife doesn't need dollar signs. But, okay, <laughs> let's forget about that. Okay. Um, can, can we just talk about who's the, the rude awakening in the NFL this year? I'm going to name you three teams. One of them is my second team. Is the Lions, if they sniff, if they sniff, a wild card. That would be fantastic for me, anyway. Second of all, Patriots second, New Orleans second. That's what I started to call uh, the lady to answer my phone.
5: Now I'm confused over here. I, now, now, what now? Who's doing what? You got a lot going on here, Paul.
7: No, I just said three teams. Basically, come on. Uh, you know, I said three
5: teams. Trigonometry uh, uh, over second. here. I got to carry the one and multiply by two. And who's doing what again? I'm writing this down. Paul's prediction.
7: Patriots second, New Orleans second, and second what? Um, second what
5: in the in the conference? Second place, second in the conference. Yes. You're yes. high.
7: Uh, do you do drugs, Paul? No, I'm doing bad flower in my own home. Okay. <laughs> so I'm no Don't condition. I'm no condition to. I'm no condition to walk. So I'm driving. How's that? Okay. But uh, let's
5: get back to the. You can't just pull a hit and run like that. Patriots a two seed, Saints a two seed. Why?
7: This um. Winston is looking for revenge. There's three quarterbacks is looking for revenge because everybody wants to push these thirty year old quarterbacks out of the out of the uh, out of the NFL. Everybody wants to think. Everybody thinks that they uh, Corral, great quarterback. I like him, and and I and, and these other. Listen, get at the back of the line, brother. You're not going to come in the NFL, okay, and just take somebody's job. Are you because sure
5: about that? You're so, on the five hundred team. That so look out, Jameis. Jameis like is on the prowl. He's putting up big numbers James because Matt Corral I mean, is on the big. Panthers.
7: No, the Panthers the Panthers are probably going to go with the the young the young buck and uh Mayfield, okay? And uh, I I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but you know what? He might get traded. The 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 the, the guy that was there earlier. But let me ask, let time. me ask, let me say something. Before you cut me off, uh-huh. and I don't care about my cousin or third cousin in San Diego. The Padres are not done, okay? The Padres are not done, okay? And I want to say another thing. Another thing.
5: It's a total fabrication. The Rams are going back, baby! Uh, okay. Well, that that's the... Listen, you finally said something sensible at the end there, Paul. Appreciate you what checking did in. What I say? You said so The Rams are going back. That's the one thing that could possibly happen. Like, everything else that you mentioned is not going to happen. It's as close to impossible as you can get. I won't go and say it is impossible, but it's it real close. It is, uh... It's hanging out with impossible. Let's put it that way. You know? It's going to movies with impossible. It's, uh... You're having brunch with Impossible. It's pretty freaking close to Impossible. Patriots a two-seed. Patriots lucky be a two-seed in the AFC East. would <laughs> be lucky to finish second in their own division. They're not finishing second in their conference. They're a wreck right now. It's much more likely, much more likely, they have a not just a sub-500 record, a bad record. They're more likely to go... 6-11 than they are be a two-seed. They're more likely to go 5-12 and 12 than be a two-seed. And the Saints, I love their defense, but too much uncertainty, man. I could see them sneaking into the playoffs. They're not winning that division. That's not happening. I hate to speak in absolutes when it comes to the NFL, but there are some things that you can say, some things that you can point out. All right, we've got K... Fig, Mr. Kevin Figures to spin us around the sporting landscape. What's going on, K-Fig?
11: All right, Brian, we'll start in Major League Baseball with the Dodgers picking up their Major League best. 34th come from behind victory. They defeated the Marlins 2-1. Josh Hader did not record a single out. He allowed three earned runs in the ninth inning as the Nationals beat the Padres 6-3. Miles Michaelis pitching eight innings of one-run ball for the Cardinals. They would beat Arizona 5-1. Yes, Brian knows Cardinals those are. They're hot
5: right now, K-Fig. They are. 14-17
11: they've won. They are on fire. Paul Goldschmidt, his 30th home run of the season. Rockies, Twins, and Orioles with victories. Austin Riley home run number 31 for Atlanta as they defeated Houston. You know someone who is not hot right now? The Yankees. (laughs) <laughs> oh, man. They were shut out. Seven innings from Kevin Gaussman, uh, leading Toronto over the Yankees 4-0. The Yankees have lost 14 of their last 18 games. Pete Alonzo of the Mets with a home run, his 30th of the year. Mets defeating the Phillies 7-2. NFL preseason, Jordan Love of Green Bay, 12-24 of 24 passing, 113 yards and a touchdown pass in the victory over New Orleans. Chris Olave, a touchdown reception for New Orleans there in the loss. Back to Brian
5: No, You know what's funny, K. Fig, is I'm just thinking about how horrible the Yankees have been. And if you compare it to the NFL, just the time span. This is basically the equivalent of an NFL team losing 2 games in a row. I was going to say about 3 in a row maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 3 in a row. It's bordering 3 in a row. And you might be like, "Whoa, 3 game losing streak depending on who it is." But it just seems so much worse with what the Yankees are doing. The Rams, they lost Three of four mm-hmm. last season. That was their rough patch. And it looked And that bad. was certainly a talking point. Yeah, the they were time.
11: manhandled by the Titans in one of those games I remember. Yeah. Oh, they yeah.
5: were, yeah, it was uh, the Niners road game was mm-hmm. in the mix there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was certainly a talking point, but I don't know, man. The amount of games. Where the Yankees are just not scoring runs. It yeah. seems way worse because there are so many more losses, you know?
11: Yeah, it's unbelievable. You can't blame Joey Gallo now. so He's not no. there anymore. So you can't blame him and his 140 batting average or whatever it was. Yeah. Of course, it's raised now that he's been with the Dodgers for a couple of games. And obviously, you don't have Giancarlo Stanton. He's I think yeah. he's getting ready for a rehab assignment. So that'll definitely help when he returns, too.
5: Yeah, some of these dudes where Rizzo has been hurt, and they've yeah. had their injuries, but... It's just it's surprising that they fell off that much. Yeah, that's we got got a profit off this K. Fig. Why are we not betting against the Yankees? right
11: You're right. That's probably a good bet at this point.
12: The crazy thing is even even with that score, even with the uh, losing streak they're on, the Blue Jays are still like eight games back of them. I know.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I know they're still not even close enough to uh, really scare them. But man, they got to get that righted over here. All right, let's go out to the phones, 877-99-ON-FOX is your number. A couple of people want to check in. we got Manuel, our guy, and Gardena. What is going on, Manuel?
3: Brian, no, instead of waxing poetic, I'm going to keep it simple. Step aside, Tina Turner, because the Duke of Midnight is simply the best, and we are listening to him on the Fox Sports Radio Blowtorch. Brian, no. Hey, nobody does unintelligible rambling like our guy, Paul. The guy proceeded to name three teams and then said first, second, and second. Like, really, dude? You know, he's a <laughs> weird hey, man. man. Step away from the bottle, Paul. Seriously, bro. I don't think you have any brain cells left. And uh, you need to just check yourself, man. And then he said, wait, what was that beauty that he said? Uh, I can't. I, I'm too loaded to. To walk, so I'm just gonna drive. Like, what the hell does that even mean? Man? I don't even
5: know. You just gotta let it, let it go. I think you know. It's like uh, let, just please, God, let that not be true, right? That was my
1: thought. Ah,
3: uh, exactly. Hey, uh, so real quick, I, I want to double down with you on the Browns. I mean, if there was any stooges running this show, I would prefer for it to be Mo, Larry, and Curly. Because my goodness. These guys don't know their head from their ass. I mean, like you said, why the hell would you be running Deshaun Watson out there at all? I mean, I was telling Ben Maller last night that um, the hammer of God, supposedly, that Roger Goodell is swinging is more like one of those carnival hammers that you blow up. I mean, this guy should have been on the shelf a minimum of 12 games. And really, I think he should have just shelved them all season. To make a point, I mean, how are you going to allow this serial, sexual assaultist to just get off so easy? I mean, and real realistically, you know, the, the Browns tried to pull a fast when they did that $1 million, uh a year for this year. So it's not like he would have been hurting uh, monetarily because the, the contract is backloaded, kind of like his masseuses are. And, uh, you know... I would have just been a lot more impressed with Howdy Doody's older brother, Goodell, if he would have really swung that hammer of God and put, uh, Deshaun Assaults in on the shelf for a whole year. But, uh, I'm not going to bore you with any predictions like our dude, Paul or anything. (laughs) I'm just going to say, Brian, no, you are the man. And I'm hoping, like I say, man, that they put you on Saturday nights as well, because, uh, you you make my weekends, brother. Between you and Ben Maller, Fox Sports Radio has it locked up on the overnights, all day, every day. And my man, Kevin Figures. You know I got to show him some love. Outro.
5: Very nice. Appreciate that, Manuel. No doubt about it. And yeah, the one thing I would say to that is Goodell could have. Goodell could have been the guy that heard the appeal. And he could have made it a year-long suspension. That's what's so interesting is both sides are playing the PR game. There's no doubt. Uh, there's a lot of focus on Deshaun playing the PR game. And he is. Before the first preseason game, before the Jags, he was, I apologize to all women. And that was right before kickoff, a pre-recorded interview. And then just a couple of days ago on Thursday, right? He's, uh, he's saying... Oh, after the suspension was handed down, oh, I'm innocent. You know, I stand on my innocence. And it was a completely different tune that he was singing. Why is that? Well, he's playing the game. There's a big difference between the punishment that could be versus the punishment that it turned out to be. And so he said, I'm sorry to all women before he knows what the punishment is. And then after he knew what the punishment was, he's like, "Eh, you know, I'm innocent. It changed. If you look at the the NFL, they're playing a PR game also. It's not just Deshaun. You had Goodell saying, oh, it should be a, a year. You heard Sue uh, uh, L. Robinson, former federal judge, she said it was a uh, a predetermined pattern of predatory behavior. It was egregious behavior. These are her words. And so it should be a year. He could have made it a year. Yet, he assigned a designee, and even before the designee came down with the ruling, the NFL and the NFLPA came to an agreement. So, it's not just Deshaun playing a PR game, the NFL is doing it also. Goodell can say, like, think about that. If uh, one of your friends could make something happen, talked about making it happen, but didn't make it happen, you'd be like, dude, what's up with that? That's Cadell. Cadell talked about it being a year suspension. Could have made it a year suspension and didn't make it a year of suspension. So I think both sides are playing a PR game. There's no doubt about that. Alright, feel free to check in if you have thoughts. I'll get right to you. Uh, I want Dilly or Dally coming up. And a little bit later in the program, uh, trying to figure out the the seven playoff teams from last season that are candidates to not make it this season. So we'll have to compare notes on that as well. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. A song by uh, Whitesnake. It says, here I go alone. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Look at you, Chris, with a, a Paul mashup on the fly mm. right there. Very well done.
12: could probably sync it up a little bit better. I'll work
5: on it. I, I, it's pretty strong right there, man. Not giving yourself enough credit, I think. All right, let me get out to the phones here. A couple of people want to check in. So I don't want to delay them over here. Uh, Paul, oh, not Paul. Uh, Devin, our guy Jeez, Devin. Jeez, man, De- you just got De- him sorry. on the head now. Sorry, I'm drinking as well on the job, apparently. You know, Devin is word in man. Yeah, what's going on, De- uh, Devin? Can you hear me? I got hey, you, man. Guys.
10: Good evening. Good morning, fellas. Uh, I love these late night wannabe comedians calling in. Uh, First and foremost, they had video of Robert Kraft doing his inexplicable dance with massage people. Ben Roethlisberger was doing some crazy nonsense in a bathroom with one of his offensive linemen blocking the door. Peyton Manning was accused of sexual misconduct or something in college. All this stuff is swept under the rug. But now we got all these Johnny-come-latelys with their whack jokes about uh, Deshaun Watson trying to act like there's some kind of...
7: Loser. There's,
10: there's some kind of mobile or there's some kind of mobile phone comedian thinking they had, they can lower the hammer or
14: Loser. drop the hammer
10: whatever the guy was talking about about deshaun watson the whole point is deshaun watson is an idiot but at the same time he hasn't been found guilty of anything except for in a court of public opinion so the thing is he shouldn't have been messing around with Loser. 66 strippers or 66 massagers or whatever that nonsense was but at the same time don't try to sweep under the rug that this is it. This is something Loser. brand new to the NFL. The NFL has been covering up sexual misconduct Loser. by people all the time, straight up.
5: Loser. Okay, but a couple of these examples, though, Devin. Like when you throw out Robert Kraft, I hear a lot of people calling, uh, like throwing Robert Kraft out there. And look, I think he should have been punished for an ending of the happy variety, but. That's so much different than what the Deshaun Watson situation is. Put it this way: Do you think that if Deshaun Watson was caught on video one time getting an ending of the happy variety, that he would have been punished the same way? That—that's not an 11-game suspension. That's not a five million-dollar fine. I doubt it's anything. Uh, we'll never know the answer to that question. But this—I like, keep on hearing Robert Kraft. I don't want to distract from the main point, which is uh, if you mention Ben Roethlisberger, and that was a, a sexual assault allegation as well. That was a serious allegation. And he was initially suspended for six games and uh, was uh, it was reduced to four. But I also think that uh, we're in a different place now. You know, like the standards have gotten higher That's how it goes. And so I think when you compare 2022 to when Big Ben situation occurred, it's a different time. It's a different climate. Like, that. all that matters. So I I would just – I don't understand this they've been sweeping everything under the rug thing. It's like you got to – it can't go apples to oranges with some of these comparisons. The Robert Kraft thing is what stands out the most to me. People make this Robert Kraft comparison a lot. It's like, dude, was Robert Kraft, were there 25 civil lawsuits alleging sexual assault and sexual misconduct with Robert Kraft? No, there were not. And by the way, everybody goes to this conspiracy theory of, well, uh, you know, how do we know? How do we know that there weren't those civil lawsuits out there and it just wasn't reported? Bro, the NFL can't keep everybody from talking. You realize that, right? If it's uh, Washington commander's employees and they want to tell the newspaper there what they experienced and what their interactions were, it's getting out. If uh, women that allege misconduct from Deshaun Watson, if they want to speak, it's out there. It's not like the NFL can conceal everything. Civil
12: suits all get filed, and it, like, there's, there's systems called PACER. Like These suits get filed, and everyone can see them. You, some might be under seal. You might not see all the details, but we would know immediately when they get filed. Yeah. Like, that, just, that's It's not a secret that can get, just get swept under the rug. That's how our legal system works.
5: Yeah, I don't understand the takeaway. I just don't... It doesn't add up to me where... If you say... Like his words, he said, Deshaun's an idiot. He's basically saying Deshaun was doing things he shouldn't have done. But, and it went on from there. I don't understand why it needs to go beyond that. If you think he did something wrong and acted inappropriately, I don't know why it needs to be compared to three, four, five other situations.
12: It feels like a distraction tactic, doesn't it? It's like, well, what about this guy over here? What about this guy? It's like, what about it? We're talking about Deshaun Watson.
5: Right, well, and it's also, the whatabouts have to at least make sense. It's got to be comparable. Where, like, again, if Deshaun Watson did exactly what Robert Kraft did, he's not getting an 11-game suspension, okay? It was totally different. So it'd be like this if we're, uh, I don't know, the thought is the whatabouts have to be a legit comparison, so, if we're talking about, hey, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? And I say, well, I think it's still Tom Brady. And you say, well, what about Patrick Mahomes? Well, that makes sense. If you say, uh, well, what about Geno Smith? It's like, bro, that doesn't even, that's not even close to, you don't understand what I'm saying? Like, if you want to play the what about game, okay. But give me a what about that makes sense at the very least. Alright, feel free to check in. 877-99-ON-FOX is the phone number. Goodness, we have a lot to do. There is a very, very bad sign for one NFL team. At least I think so. And then also, there is a team, they are making zero sense whatsoever. You ever hear of an oxymoron, two things combined that can't make sense? This team is that.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Man, oh man, oh man. Lots happening over here. All right, I was just telling you there is a uh, there is a team... That it's just not making any sense. And no, it's not the Cleveland Browns. It's actually a different team that I'm focusing in on. Uh, I would say they're an oxymoron right now. You ever hear about that? You know, two words or two things combined that can't make sense. Shout out to Dave Mustaine and Megadeth, Hangar18. They, uh, they, they even mention that in their song. If you ever need a refresher on what oxymoron means over there, you know. Anyway, I digress. It would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Tampa Bay, they're still waiting for Tom Brady to come back. They knew it would be sometime after their second preseason game. So, they're taking on the Titans. What? uh, Tonight. Saturday night, right? And uh, they're expecting Tom Brady after that. When? They don't really know. So, on one hand, they said, oh, no, no, this is pre-planned. Oh, yeah, pre-planned. And now, they're like, yeah, but we don't know when he's going to be back. What? How can it be pre-planned and yet you don't know when he's going to be back? That makes absolutely zero sense. That's why this thing is so weird to me. And it's been very hush-hush. What he's doing... Where he's at? What's going on? (laughs) All we have are theories. And, I mean, this is where you can tell the difference between good organizations and bad organizations. Bad organizations have leaks. Good organizations just have a bunch of people with their theories from the outside looking in. Right? So, this does, in a weird way, show that Tampa is a good organization, So you don't have those leaks. You didn't have a get out. Like, I don't know what the truth is. My guess is it's either this is Tom Brady dealing with a serious family issue. Like maybe someone's sick or something like that. Knock on wood, that's not the case. I think it's got to be something pretty serious for Brady to not be there. This dude's meticulous with preparation, you know? Or it's... Something, it's got to be family related, I feel like, where he initially retired and family thought more Brady time and then Brady's back and I don't know, this might add to be the arrangement. I'm not sure what it is, but it seems to point to family, whether it's dad time or there's a serious illness. But we don't know. All we have are theories. And so, yeah, I think that shows that uh, Tampa Bay is well run in that regard where you don't have a bunch of whispering, you don't have a bunch of leaks, you don't have a bunch of people, anonymous sources, saying, right? like It hasn't been like that. But what's weird is that it just doesn't add up. You can't tell me you have a pre-planned absence and then the team says, but we don't know when he's going to be back. That makes no sense. it would be like having plans, quote unquote, to go on vacation somewhere. It'd be like, oh yeah, cool, when's your flight there? Oh, it's on Uh, it's on Monday. Oh, yeah, when are you coming back? I don't know. You don't know? What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. Well, then those aren't plans. <laughs> it's one or the other. Either you have plans and you know what's what, or you do not have plans because you don't know what's what. So it can't be both for Tampa Bay. So for them to say it's pre-planned but don't know when he's coming back, it makes no sense. None. And I'm curious to see how this unfolds. He might come back and we still might not know why he was gone. I don't know how it's going to unfold. But I do like this from Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown put this out there on social media during the week and just wrote that Tom Brady manipulates the game. He gets 14 days to go home to get his mind right. Now you see the difference. So he's talking about how Tampa is treating Tom Brady compared to the way Tampa treated Antonio. And it's like, uh, well, there's a simple explanation for that. The more you provide, the more you get away with. That's the way it works in life. That is life 101. That is entry-level life. And especially in sports, the more you provide, the more you get away with. That's how it goes. So if Antonio Brown has four, 500 yards in, in receiving racked up, you know, Uh, not as valuable as a dude that's putting up 40-plus touchdowns and leading the lead and passing yardage and completions. and Right? Like, I don't know. Some people just think they are convinced everyone's out to get him, And, oh, look at how I'm being done wrong. And look at the advantages this guy has. And why is this different? It's like, well, bro, because the production is way different. It's night and freaking day. That's why. Some people just don't get that. Some people think that it is apples to apples when it's apples to watermelon. You know, it's not even oranges. It's way different. It's like apples to kumquat or something like that. It's not even freaking close. Yet, it's out there. So, A.B. will sit there and be like, wow, look at this. Brady gets to just go do what he wants and nothing. Huh. Wonder why that's the case. I don't know. Maybe because he's the freaking goat. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that has something to do with it. I'm Brian Ngo here on Fox Sports Radio. Let me shift gears on you. I'll keep it with the NFL. I think this is a bad... Bad, bad sign. This is Aaron Rodgers testy already with his uh, young wide receivers. Here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say about the receiving core.
8: The young guys, you know, they got to Especially young receivers, we got to be way more consistent. You know, a lot of, a lot of drops, a lot of bad route decisions, run the wrong route. So we gotta, we gotta get better in that area. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. It really is. We're gonna play our best guys. You know, when the season starts. And whoever those guys are, those guys are gonna get the reps. And it's the guys I trust the most, and the guys that the coaching staff trust the most. And a lot of it is just the simple responsibility in the offense way before, you know, body positioning and movement and the throw and all that stuff. It's are you doing it are you in the right spot at the right time? You
4: know, are you running the right route?
5: I find this interesting because I, one of the reasons I love this gig so much is because our opinions range so greatly. And you'll they'll in commercials, they'll have promos from other shows on Fox Sports Radio. And there are theories as to like what he's getting at and what this means. And, what, and you know, some of it is like, oh, he, this is just like Michael Jordan. He's getting his teammates in line and all that. The way I look at this, I just think this is a bad freaking sign for Green Bay. Because think of this. Aaron Rodgers, not the most patient guy in the world. What's his reputation? He's a handful. He's high maintenance. He likes things being his way. And he has lost Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was like a seven-course fine dining meal. Arguably the best receiver in football. And he is downgraded to who? Alan Lazard? Right? Christian Watson, a rookie? Oh my gosh. And it's preseason? And he's already talking about, man, the rookies, they got to they gotta tighten things up. They got to run the right routes and they got to catch the ball. And he's completely right. But he's already losing patience in the preseason, man. You know what's funny, too, is if you go back to their first preseason game, this was the Packers against the 49ers. And Jordan Love threw three interceptions. And I thought about it that night and I thought, man, what is Rodgers thinking on the sideline? I don't know what he's thinking, but if I were him, I'd be thinking, man, would have been nice if they would have used that first-round pick on somebody else. Maybe somebody that could be on the field at the same time I'm on the field. Maybe someone to throw to. Maybe someone who contributes instead of holding a clipboard. I'd be thinking all of those things. I believe what Rodgers was thinking was, man, these receivers, what the hell is happening? Right, One of those interceptions by... Uh, Jordan Love last week, it hit the receiver right in the chest, and boom, bounced right up in the air, picked off. And he revealed, like, that's what Aaron Rodgers was thinking. He's not thinking, "Wow, Jordan Love, Mm-mm-mm. why did we get this guy?" Huh? He was thinking, "What is up with these wide receivers?" This is the preseason, man. What is he going to think when the regular season rolls around? He's used to a, just a mint condition, high-end sports car. That's Devontae Adams. And he downgraded to a Buick Skylark. How are you going to feel comfortable with that? How are you going to feel positive about that? How are you going to uh, still have a good vibe and be a leader when you've downgraded to that? Like you really, as a quarterback, sometimes you got to fake it. Seriously. Sometimes you can't reveal your true thoughts. I know a lot of people, oh, keep it, I keep it real, I keep it 100. A lot of times in sports you can't do that. You can't do that and expect to get the best out of everybody. If Aaron Rodgers lets it be known time and time and time again through his words, through his actions, through his body language, that this these guys, he just doesn't believe in them. He doesn't believe they have what it takes to get it done. They feel that. You know, when you hear all these stories when uh, when someone comes up, a uh, a prominent player, and says, Hey, man, uh, good job. Good job out there. I believe in what you're doing. There's story upon story upon story of how that changed everything. That gave me the, the confidence. Like, imagine if it's the opposite. Imagine if Rodgers walks over there, rolls his eyes, and is like... Yeah, I don't think you have what it takes. <laughs> it's like basically what he's saying through his body language. It's not good. But you have to in sports. Think about this. Imagine if you got into a just a pristine Lamborghini day in and day out. And then all of a sudden you are downgrading and you're driving a a low end Honda Civic. You know what I mean? No disrespect to the Civics. My mom drove drove a Honda Civic for a long time. Good cars. But we're talking low end. We're talking around, you know, like uh, 01, got a lot of miles on it, transmissions kind of shot, Like, right? Like, you get into that car, and you're supposed to put on a happy face and la- not let it be known, man, I really miss that high-end sports car. Man, when I had that high-end sports car, my commute to work was way better. Like, you have to put on this face that doesn't let everybody know that's exactly what you're thinking. He can't do that yet. What do you think is going to happen when the regular season rolls around? That's how I look at it. I don't think, oh, this is like Jordan. He's getting his guys in line. This is leadership. He's not letting these young guys get away. But this is, There's a standard around it. I don't think it's any of that. I just think it's a bad freaking sign. He's this impatient already. What do you think is going to happen when it counts When it's for real. This dude is the back-to-back reigning MVP. He's used to having things a certain way. And having 17 out there. He doesn't have Devontae anymore. And he already is pissed about it. Oh, man. This... mm mm -mm. It's going to be a long year for him. Long year. And I don't... Look, I don't expect his numbers to just plummet to nothing. but they're, they're going to take a hit. And I think it's going to be one of the themes of the season. I think that you're going to routinely see Aaron Rodgers ticked off and sometimes just, <laughs> just miserable. I think that's what's going to happen. All right, feel free to check in. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Also on Twitter, at The No Show is where you can reach me. At The NOE Show. All right, we got to get to this. Coming up, um, I'm noticing a trend here where sometimes we're living in the past too much. What was it, Wayne's World? You guys ever watch Wayne's World? Great movie. It's a scene where uh, Garth says, Live in the now! I feel like that's what we need to do when we're looking at this league starting another season. I'll explain all of that right around the corner. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Ooh. A new edition of While Reading coming up in a little bit. Get the uh, classical music ready for that one, Chris. You know, everybody grab your favorite beverage and put the pinky in the air. We're going to be sophisticated, you know, but it's. The thought is, I, I read a bunch of stuff throughout the week, and every now and then something catches my attention. I think it's uh, it's interesting, and uh, so where I shoehorn it into the show, you know, while reading over here. So we'll do that in just a few minutes after we hear from Kay Fig. But uh, let me get out to the phones first. I'll get to a, an observation of mine: uh, how we evaluate. Uh, we're harsher with the uh, disappointing playoff teams from the previous season compared to non-playoff teams from the previous season. I find that to be kind of interesting. So I'll tell you about a couple of those thoughts here momentarily, but let's get out to the phones here first. Roy is in Fort Worth. Shout out, Roy. What's going on, man? What's on your mind?
15: Uh, two things right off the bat. One, I'm a diehard Cowboy fan. Been that way ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. The second, I just don't see us doing what we did last year.
5: In a good or a bad way.
15: Roster moves.
5: Yeah, okay. Which way now?
15: Uh, Our offense has been struggling, and with the loss of Amari Cooper, I just don't see us being able to really cover up what Zeke was not able to do for the past two seasons.
5: Yeah. Hey, man, I hear you. Like, you got C.D. Lamb and what? Dalton Schultz has got to be healthy. I do like Dalton Schultz and C.D., but no James Washington, no Michael Gallup at the beginning, and losing Amari Cooper, that's a lot.
15: And our defense really would have to step up in order for us to even make a Push at any point.
5: Yeah, and they were really good. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, they were really good last year. But I mean, as much of a surprise as it was last year, it might be a bad surprise this year. You know, I think there's going to be a little bit of regression. I don't expect them to fall off defensively, because look, man, Micah Parsons is a flat-out stud, and Trayvon Diggs was an interception machine. I like their pass rush overall. I know you, you lose a little bit with Randy Gregory leaving, um, but I don't expect them to fall off. It's just an interesting call, right? And I it kind of goes into what I'm thinking of here. It's interesting how there are a lot of people, if you notice, they're not expecting the disappointing playoff teams from last season to do much this season. you know. And I think that there are multiple reasons as to why. Like that that caller checked in, diehard uh, Cowboys fan, but he's like eh, a little a little iffy about where the team goes this year. Um so so it's multiple reasons, right? And he laid them out. But I think there are a lot of people that will sell a disappointing playoff team short from the previous season just simply because they were a disappointing playoff team from the previous season. Like I'll rattle off a couple of the disappointing playoff teams from last season. You tell me Who's talking any of these teams up right now? The Cardinals. Arizona crashed and burned against the Rams. They were pathetic in that playoff loss. Who's talking up the Cardinals right now? Who's talking up the Cowboys? They had that disappointing loss against the Niners. Couldn't get the ball spiked in time. Titans. One seed. Crashed and burned. Who's talking them up? I realize they lost A.J. Brown. It's not just because they were a disappointing playoff team. There are multiple reasons, but I think that's one of them. The Raiders, they were one and done. Very tough division. The division upgraded all around them. And also the Packers. Packers were one and done. Totally disappointing. They lost Devontae Adams. It's not just one thing. There are numerous things to point to and say that's that's also why. They're not being talked about like crazy. But I do think there is a tendency to be like, I don't know about the Cowboys. There's less buy-in with a disappointing playoff team than some of these teams that didn't even make the playoffs. That's what's interesting to me. I hear positive things about some of these teams that didn't make the postseason. The Saints. They didn't make the playoffs. Jameis was hurt for half the year. That Absolutely was a big impact on them. Jameis actually played pretty well. 14 touchdowns, three picks. He was on pace. You would take that all day. If that plays out throughout the course of the entire season. I hear a lot of positivity about the Colts. Again, a non-playoff team. There are people that expect them to not only win the division, but make noise, like legit noise. And ask yourself, is Matt Ryan... In 2022, going to be that much better than Carson Wentz, who everybody trashes, but at the end of the day, still had 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Matt Ryan going to be way better than that? I don't think so. But I contend that because the Colts, if you saw them in the playoffs, and they just got wrecked. They had a disappointing loss. They got blown out, whatever. That sticks with you more. I think there would be more reluctance to buy the Colts right now if they somehow got into the playoffs and were disappointing in a in one game. I hear more buy in with the Lions. Like, hey man, Dan Campbell, maybe it's some hard knocks love. And it's also they didn't get to the postseason and disappoint everybody. So I hear more positive things about the Lions than I hear about the Arizona Cardinals. Than I hear about the Cowboys. Like, ask yourself this. Does it make more sense to be skeptical about the Cowboys, partially because they crashed and burned in their in their playoff performance? So, it make more sense to be skeptical of them than it does to be optimistic about the Vikings, who didn't make the playoffs? Right? Like, I just think it's a bigger stain. It just creates a greater impression in the minds of people if these teams were disappointments in the playoffs. And a lot of times, these disappointing playoff teams, they're still better teams than some of these non-playoff teams that don't have that same playoff stain on them from the previous season. I just find that to be interesting how that works. But I do think it's one of the factors. I think it's part of the equation right there. All right, let's hand the baton over here to Fig and and a special uh, surprise for you Fig. all right uh, it's gonna be an interactive version of while reading Ooh. with you coming up here i've got some uh tasty tidbits for you okay and, okay. and a little bit of participation you know like uh i don't know maybe a, a pop quiz maybe and uh some other stuff to throw your way so i'm very much looking forward to that all right i used to hate pop quizzes back when i was in school but yeah. uh, maybe this will
11: be a little more fun we'll see
5: yeah, we'll see. Maybe you'll hate it even more. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm <sorry.
11: laughs> Yankees are not having fun at all right uh, right about now. They've cool. lost uh, 14 of their last 18 games, including on Friday night, seven innings, seven strikeout performance from Kevin Gausman of the Blue Jays. Toronto, a 4-0 victory over New York. The Dodgers improved to 22-6 after the All-Star break. They notched a 2-1 come-from-behind victory over Miami. Cardinals over Arizona 5-1, five, five straight wins there for the Redbirds. Twins beat the Tech, beat Texas, not the Texans, but Texas, the Rangers, 2-1 for their fourth straight win. They are one game behind Cleveland in the AL Central race. Guardians got seven innings and 14 strikeouts from Tristan McKenzie in a 5-2 win over the White Sox. Wins for the Mets, Mariners, and Braves. Washington rallied for three runs against Josh Hader and the Padres. For a six to three victory. NFL preseason Packers beat the Saints as Jordan Love threw a touchdown pass and did not commit a turnover. Mac Jones four of eight passing for 61 yards in three series for the Patriots as
5: they defeated Carolina 20-10. Back to Brian No. All right, K Fig. I'm very excited about this. An interactive version of While Reading. All right. Starring you and the crew over here so uh i don't know chris if you if you're feeling classical music get classical oh yes i i i do uh, i i do toy with the idea of doing this all in a british accent fig. i gotta be honest <laughs> with you, you no know, just please don't classical music just hits me and i feel you know, inspired over here you know but well, I think not this is that.
11: vivaldi so you might want to do a uh, see if you can break out an italian accent there see
5: how that works <laughs> for you oh no I, I think that'd be worse than yeah. my English <laughs> accent. I could do English for like a sentence or two, and then it falls apart. Yeah, you know, it's one of those type of yeah. things. And it's like, are you doing
11: Australian? Yeah, or, you know, it's, the hap, same thing sounds, happens
5: to me. Went from you know, like English to Australian to Keanu Reeves somehow. Yeah. You know, like <laughs>
12: to Irish to Cockney. You <laughs> get all the, you got all them in there, and then somehow you're sounding like you're Danish at the end.
5: Yeah, I know it's a strange uh, progression right there. But while reading. Well, K-fig over here. I uh, I saw that the NBA Christmas Day schedule came out, mm-hmm. right? As I'm sure you did as well. Yep. So the Grizzlies, they're going to be part of it. John Morant was talking about their TV games, they you know, like primetime and all that stuff. So the Grizzlies were one of the two current NBA franchises yet to have a Christmas Day game. So they're off the list. There's only one team. That has not played on Christmas Day currently in the NBA. Do you have a guess, or would you like me to just unveil who this uh, mystery team is, Casey? I'll
11: guess. Okay, um, I will say
5: Charlotte. That's right. That's right. Nice. Like, I feel like you you should win something over. Here. I don't do even I, have the winning music do I ready. Win anything? <laughs> Man, I, I feel like you deserve something very well. Well, well. I'll try to think of
11: teams that hasn't had a lot of star, uh, star power yeah. throughout its history. Check, you know, hasn't had a lot of uh, playoff success. In generally speaking, check,
5: and doesn't really get a lot of national TV games regardless. Yeah. Check. So yeah. there you go. Very well done. The Charlotte Hornets have never played a Christmas Day game. There you go. Now, while reading K-Fig, mm-hmm. other things that I have uh, stumbled upon. So the AP poll. Came out this week in college football, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Top five the same if as the coaches poll. If you look at the top four teams, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, this is what blew my mind. Those four have won 21 of the 24 college football playoff games ever played. That's insane. 21 of 24, dude, those four teams. Wow. And I think a lot of, two
12: of the, I know at least, well, oh, actually, wait. I think two of those wins did two of those wins come in the first ever. I know Oregon won one of those college football games, playoff yeah. games, back in the first year of it. But there really yeah, hasn't they, been a lot of variety of the teams no, in the
5: playoffs, has there? There has not. Yeah, and those four teams they've won seven of the eight titles in the college football playoff That's era. Insane, dude. We gotta get more parity in college football, man. I, it's I would. It's not gonna get to. better though. <laughs> I'm hoping NIL helps it somehow, maybe spread the talent wealth a little bit. We gotta get we gotta get Nick Saban out of college football. You know, he's tremendous for Bama. He's horrible for college football. So are the other titles
12: like I know one of them's LSU and they probably own a lot of those other wins that we talked about there.
5: Uh yeah so
12: and then I'm trying to I'm trying not in the college football of, playoff yeah, not the playoff era they only have well two. No,
5: they made it to the, the title game he's right about that because it was Clemson but well, they they won both right they beat Clemson so they won the playoff game to get there and then they won the title yeah so they have two playoff wins two playoff yeah. wins
12: and then Oregon's and then Oregon's win from the they, very they first year that's State, it and yep. they
11: be Florida State yeah that's all we got that's crazy. And again, that was the very first year when we were going
12: around from the BCS. And two of those teams, Oregon and Florida State, they never appeared again
11: in the in the playoffs. Never sniffed it again. No, really. man. Especially Florida State. And Florida going, State was
12: the defending national title from the
11: BCS era. They'd won the Rose yeah. Bowl. Yeah, that's right. The year before against Auburn. Shout out, what, Kelvin Benjamin? Kelvin Benjamin, the big catch. That's right. Were you at that game, K. Fig? It was in your backyard. No, I had to uh, had to work at at, the, at our local affiliate that night. I was going to go, but I was not able to, uh, to attend. And oh, I was man. so mad. That
12: was yeah. the that was the end of Auburn's magical run. Oh, Just, like, that was a great the, run. The night, miracle
5: yeah. of Jordan Hare, the kick six. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go from college football to blood on you, blood, like literal blood. Okay. It's random note, but uh, unhighlighted. Reading K. Fig. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I stumbled upon something where there are eight different blood types. Which is the most common in the United States blood type? What do you think it is? O negative? It is O positive. Ah. Is the most common. It's composing 38% of all blood types in the United States. Gotcha. According to this. Now, um, let's see. There's something here with O negative. Do you know your, your blood type? I'm O positive. I don't know what I am. I I don't know I don't know either. Are you typo
16: negative, Brandon? Uh not sure, but I know like He's
12: trying to do a he's trying to do a (laughs) punk rock joke.
16: (laughs) No, I'm I'm O (laughs) negative, literally.
5: What did you think of typo negative there, Chris? I thought it was very slow, very Very slow metal. I don't know how you would. They had just their own thing. I haven't listened to them in a
12: long time. I don't know if they technically count as like noise or grunge or uh, number.
5: Yeah. Maybe we get some typo negative here. It kind of
12: sounds like um, misfits almost.
5: I don't know what their sound was, but typo negative. Let's see. There's a a fun fact here, K Fig. Let's see. It is. it's called the universal donor type. Correct. Yes, they can give to anybody. I did yeah, know that. Yeah, it's compatible with any blood type right, right. there. Yeah, my blood,
16: of, my blood is a gold mine for what my, what my mom says. <laughs> 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 She's now, like, let's your, see. Your blood is, like, really, She'll really, take you really, out. really useful. Your
11: mom will take it to the yeah. food market. Who wants
16: some blood? Pretty much. Right. Free blood right here You're in high much. demand
5: <laughs> over there. Absolutely. It is. It is
16: in high demand.
5: So, uh AB positive. So what do you think AB positive's claim to fame is over here, Kate? Probably the most rare or least abundant. So type O negative blood is the the, uh, universal donor type. Mm -hmm. AB positive blood is the universal recipient Ah, blood type. Gotcha. So you can take anything if you're AB positive, apparently. Interesting. There you go. There's Hmm. a... There's the thing on blood right there. And let's see, what else we got? Oh, oh, oh. So I'm sure you saw this media deal with the Big Ten, right? Oh, yeah. Fox, CBS, NBC. We're talking like $7.5 billion mm-hmm. over uh, a seven year span. Something seven like years. a ton yep. of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That did not include, there were tech giants, Amazon and Apple. They were left out of the final agreement. Yeah. And I say, freaking good. Get them away. You're like, I'm fine with, uh, okay, we got Thursday Night Football. We're dabbling with these uh, streaming services. I I don't want to just rely on streaming like freaking crazy. I want to hold that off as long as possible. There's there's too many
12: of them now. Like Netflix is talking about, oh, we don't like how some people buy a month and then drop it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, well, that's all I can do because you guys are having me pay for like... Like I think Champions League soccer just re-upped with Paramount, which is going to be the CBS vehicle. And it's like, oh, great. I have to keep paying for Paramount. And let me tell you, I hate Peacock. I hate using <laughs> Peacock. It is the worst World. streaming platform I've ever used in my life, and they're going to have Big Ten
11: on there. I was going to say, if you hate Peacock, yeah. you're not going to – I know. They have Premier League. Some, they, some Big Ten ugh. games you're going to miss because there are, there are going to be some Peacock-exclusive Big Ten games as part of this agreement there, Brian.
5: Yeah, there will be, but not the way it would be if that was like the – the, only the main method. home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like that or that was the only method, sure. Yeah. So we're easing into that. I understand we're taking steps toward more and more and more of that. Yeah. I want to hold that off as yeah, long I mean, as possible.
11: Looks like Sunday tickets hit it that way starting next year. <sighs> yeah. yeah. That's that's the one I am not paying for
12: yet, is Apple TV. And like honestly, it's it's hard to keep track of them all. I think I have to drop HBO Max. In like a month or two, once Hard Knocks is done, it's oh, I can't. I just I'm paying for
11: too many of them, man. <laughs> Funny, it's I was right. turned from like people uh, are cutting the cord to try to save money, but by the time you get all these streaming services, like I might as well just pay cable. What am I doing? I know, right? <laughs> well, it's almost
16: like <laughs> one of these cable companies is going to step in and just package all these streaming things together. Yeah, we'll bundle it for you. Yeah, yeah they'll
5: bundle it, and then we're, you're just basically doing cable in a different yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, except so, when your uh,
12: internet goes out, you also lose your TV now.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Team participation right here. Group question for you. Pop quiz. So I ran across this stat here. There are six active FBS coaches. Take you to college football over here. Six active FBS coaches with more than 30 wins. I feel like I should say this in an English act. More than 30 wins against AP nationally ranked teams. I don't do a good uh, English accent. 30. Uh, Did you catch all that? Six active FBS coaches with more than 30 career wins against AP nationally ranked teams. Can you name these six coaches over here? A couple of them are obvious. A couple of them are not. Take Saban off the
12: board right now.
5: Yep, Saban's off the board. Yep, that works. Dabo Sweeney's probably off the board. There you go. Dabo works. Yep. What else we got? We got four more. I would say Jimbo. Is he on there? No. No Jimbo. Not a bad guess.
12: Yeah. I'm I'm risking this guess a little bit. I'm, the problem is I need to find guys who've been tenured long enough. Yeah. yeah. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly is he on the list?
5: It makes oh, sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah I don't easy. think okay, Brian Day's been around long enough, so I don't think yeah, he's nope. on there. We know Brian Kelly. A lot of big wins with Notre Dame. Lots uh, of big wins. With what about Harbaugh? Especially, <laughs> okay. Especially nope. back from a Stanford Chip days. Chip Kelly. Not a bad guess. Uh, Chip. Not. <laughs> nope. Not a bad guess though. A couple of these are. I think the remaining three are pretty. On, I, I might They'll have, make sense when you. I, Lincoln Riley.
12: Let me let me do let me get let me try this one. Pat, Pat Narduzzi. Oh, I thought oh, it was. Yeah,
5: on i something. A well right there. <laughs>
12: I'm trying to think right. who else is a retread right now. Who right. might have had some success somewhere? Mike Gundy, possibly. That's right. Ooh, That's shout a out surprised. Oklahoma State. Good call right Ooh, What about there. Lincoln Riley then? Ooh.
5: Didn't yeah. someone just guess Lincoln Riley? did yeah, they I, was me. Oh, okay. Yes. My apologies. <laughs> I thought I heard a different name. All right, down to two. Six active FBS coaches with more than 30 wins against AP nationally ranked teams. Uh, Kyle Whittingham. Not a bad I, guess at all. Mm. These last two are pretty tough. I think pretty t- One makes sense based on his previous school, not his current school. Hmm. A little bit of a hint. And one guy has been in his current school forever. Oh, why am I blanking on um, Kirk Mike Ference. There you go. Ference makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. What about done. Mike Leach? Oh. I know. I know. We're down to the final one. Ooh. Final one. Um, oh man, he's. Uh, we're, we're up
12: against it, so I think we gotta throw in the towel and give you, it to you. Okay, you, you wanna, want me to reveal it? Um, Hold on a second. Let me find it. Let me find where is it?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Mac Brown. Oh, Mac oh Brown. my! Nice. Wait, guess. oh that's
12: right. He's still at North Carolina. I thought he got yeah. fired.
5: That's what I mean. You think about it more of Texas success. You don't right. really think about him at North Carolina.
16: That was but my next yeah. guess for the
5: record. That's well, that, hey, man, you would have had a good next guess, Brandon. Very well done, nevertheless, by the crew right there. Nice, nice. You know, I feel like that was a fun pop quiz. Fun? Yes. All right, uh, feel free to check in. 877 99 on Fox is your number. I see that we have a regular on deck. Very much looking forward to that, and not too far from now, an NFL team. They would have been wise to avoid being in the position that they're currently in. Some details on that along the way. I'm Brian. No, keep it locked right here on
0: Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian. No, here on. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge.
5: Okay, I see our guy Cowboy in Windsor is here. Now, uh, Cowboy will sometimes be elongated every now and then, but we've got, I'd say, two, two and a half on the the long end here. But I, I think that's enough runway for our guy Cowboy in Windsor. Let's go to Cowboy's Corner. What's going on, Cowboy?
13: Not much, Brian. Yesterday was the 80th anniversary of the uh raid during World War II which resulted in uh, 907 of our um, uh, troops killed at uh, 2460 wounded 1946 PLWs. By the way, the American casualty rate was I think 11. And, uh, yesterday we lost the um, great Tigers catcher Bill Freehan to the at age 79. And um, also yesterday um, Bobby Richardson the old Yankee uh, second baseman of my uh, boyhood was 87, but his uh, replacement, Horace Clark, died uh, two years ago on the fifth, and also, four. Thirty-second president Mr. Clinton was 76 yesterday. Billy J. Kramer of the uh, frontman of Billy J. Kramer in the a British invasion group of my boyhood, was 79. And Tipper Gore, you know, was 74 yesterday. And also Don King, who is living proof that stakes have a long lifespan, is 91 today. And uh, Greg Nettles, the former MLB third baseman, he should be in the Hall of Fame, 78. And also uh, one of my uh, my all-time favorite rock and roll figure was uh, uh, the frontman. Turns um, was born 73 years ago today in Belfast, but he died uh, January 4th, 1986, at age 36 because of heart failure because of you know his long history of I guess using drugs. Uh, Forty one. Uh, 31 years ago tomorrow will be the uh, battle of the Little Giants in which uh, World Boxing Council uh, featherweight champion Salvador Sanchez knocked out World Boxing Federation super featherweight, or 122-pound king, uh, Wilfredo Gomez in the eighth round. And uh, the um, uh, Mike Kostrowski of the Giants will be 32 uh, on the 23rd, and his father uh grandfather, of one of my all time favorite ball players, uh will be eighty three the day before that. And I think Subway Perm Jarrett will be uh forty five on that. The former uh, Washington Commanders quarterback of my uh, uh, boy the young manhood um uh, uh well, Jeremy from be 88 on the 23rd. Will Chamberlain was born August 30th, 23rd, 36th. Kobe would have
4: been... All right. 22. And anyway, uh, have a good week, everybody. be a boy to be a cowboy. Bye. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. You know, uh, I'd say one of my favorite movies is Braveheart. It's on the list up there. Some of my others, let's see, uh, Goodfellas on the list, Training Day. I can watch Training Day on a loop. I have before. Sensational movie on my top five. Your top five might be different. That's fine. It's your top five. This is my top five. But Braveheart is one of my favorites. I think that there is an NFL team that might do its impression of Mel Gibson. Remember how Mel Gibson in the movie Braveheart? He was saying "Hold, hold!" Right, the the horses are running in for them. here come the English, and they're hold. And then they busted out the uh, the shaven trees. Right, that whole scene. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, this is making no sense to you. But the only thing that you have to pay attention to is Mel Gibson saying "Hold." The NFL team that might do exactly that is the Cleveland Browns. Now hang with me. I'm not going to do a whole Deshaun dissertation for you here. Let's move it along. So we know it's an 11-game suspension. $5 million fine. So the question becomes for the Browns, do you go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo? Now think of it this way you would have to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $24 million and give the Niners something in return as well. I don't know what the draft compensation would look like. Be a pretty low pick. You know, we're talking a fifth, maybe a fourth, something like that for Jimmy G. Um, But the Niners would get him off their books, right? They would get something for him. Even if it's a lower draft pick, it's better than nothing. And just having to release the guy. But if you are the Cleveland Browns, do you do your Mel Gibson impression and just hold, hold? Because the Niners, if they can't find a trade partner, they got to release them. And the Browns can get Jimmy G for a cheaper price. And so it becomes this interesting game here where the Niners... They don't want to release him because, one, they don't get anything for him. And, two, he might turn around and go to Seattle. Maybe. Right? And be in the same division. And I contend that Jimmy just a guy. He's not the greatest on your team. But he's good enough where you don't want to face him twice a year on a divisional rival squad. Right? So, if you're the Browns, you could... Pay the guy 24 mil. They've got the cap space. They could give up a draft pick. They can do that. They need a QB for the first 11 games. Jimmy G, although I don't think he's special, he's certainly better than Jacoby Brissett. That's indisputable. But do the Browns try to get him on the cheap over here? It sets up to be interesting. Because ask yourself this. If Jimmy G is released by the Niners... How much money would he get paid on the open market? I think it would be no more than half. I think it'd be somewhere around a one-year $10 million deal. One year, maybe twelve, Something like that. It wouldn't be in the 20s. I can't imagine it would be. So if the Browns want to get him at half the price... And not even have to give up a draft pick. They might just wait this thing out. The reasons for waiting. Look at the Browns' schedule. So the first four games are are pretty favorable. Even if Jacoby is your starting quarterback. Got the Panthers, the Jets, the Steelers, and the Falcons. Those are doable games. So, the Browns could wait. For the Niners to have to release Jimmy G. Now, you're hearing a lot of this where it's got to be August 30th. Rosters are cut to 53 on August 30th. That's the expiration date for the Niners. Got to make a decision by then. Not necessarily. The Niners could, if they wanted to, wait until the day before their first regular season game. They could wait all the way until September 10th where the rosters lock in for the Niners' first regular season game. So the, the rosters lock in for the Niners September 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. They would have to release Jimmy G by then, or else the Niners would be on the hook for the $24 million. And they don't want a $24 million backup quarterback. So they'd have to release him at least by September 10th. So if you're the Browns, If you go down the Jimmy G road, the argument, if you have the cap space, is probably to part with the draft pick and just get the guy now. If you're going down this road, try to get the best value you can out of Jimmy G. Try to get him as many reps before the season. Try to get him up to speed where you get a return on your investment. Or you could say, well... We lost a lot of draft compensation getting Deshaun Watson in the first place. We'd hate to lose even more, even if it is a lower round pick. Hey, sometimes you hit on a fourth rounder. Sometimes you hit on a stud fifth rounder. It can happen. We don't want to just give that away. And what are we really getting for that? You're talking maybe, let's say it's a, a fourth round pick and $12 million. Right, It might be you're giving up that much money just to get Jimmy G right now. Do you want to give up all that for, what, a couple of weeks where he can learn the playbook, get up to speed, all that? Or would you rather just play chicken with the 49ers and say, we're going to wait. We're going to wait until you have to release him, whenever that is. Let's say it's August 30th. We'll pick him up then. We'll make him an offer. Let's say it's September 10th. Okay, fine, whatever. I mean, we're confident in uh, in Jacoby for the first four games. Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. Now the next seven, before you get Deshaun, a lot tougher, a lot tougher games. So these seven games after the first four for the Browns, Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Buccaneers. It gets real after those first four games. But those first four games give you cushion. They give you cushion where you can, like Mel Gibson, hold, hold. Maybe you don't trade for Jimmy G. You wait for him to be released, and you get him at a cheaper price. Of course, you might have other teams with Jimmy G on the open market that make a play for the guy. You could... Between now and when the Niners would have to release Jimmy G, there could be another team that suffers an injury at quarterback, and they trade for Jimmy G and beat it to the punch. So there are more uncertainties playing it that way. But you might get him for a cheaper price. I guarantee you would get him for a cheaper price than what you would be on the hook for in a trade. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. With the Browns, how are they... Going to play it if they are wanting to get Jimmy, just a guy who is better than Jacoby Brissett on their squad. Do so they do it immediately or they wait and hope to get him on the open market after the Niners have released him? We'll stay tuned on that one. Stay tuned on that one. But the uh, Browns, as we were told by Mary Kay Cabot, she's plugged in at cleveland.com. She reported last week that if the Browns uh, they would consider acquiring Garoppolo if Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension is significantly increased upon appeal. It was significantly increased. Almost double the original punishment. Went from six games to 11. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if they are in the Jimmy G sweepstakes or not. I'm Brian Noh here on Fox Sports Radio. Now a couple of people want to check in. Let's get out to the phones. Enough of me. Enough of me, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to uh, Robert. He's in San Antonio. wants to check in. Rob, what's going on, man? You're on Fox Sports Radio.
3: I like three little. I'm oh, sorry, I'm eating cheese and crackers. I got three. <laughs> I got three little questions. Okay. How come San Antonio doesn't have a football team and a baseball team?
5: Because it's San Antonio. They're used for leverage. They Raiders would rather play in Vegas than play in San Antonio, man. You know how it goes. Man,
3: I, I, I would I would love the Raiders to have come down here. Okay. So what? We don't have enough money here. I guess the people can't support it.
5: We have no, no. I just think there are better options. That's all. You know why? Why? Because hot weather. We we can stand the hot weather
3: more than other states around the United States.
5: Well, Vegas just provides more than San Antonio does. You know, you might love your. Are you coming? Are you? Is that your hometown? Robert? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah. you might love San Antonio way more than Vegas, but I think you'd have to admit that Vegas provides more. I mean... Okay, okay. well, okay, then let's bring another team. Yeah, I- all right. I feel- it doesn't have to be just Vegas or San Antonio, but I don't know, man, if you can uh, convince one of these other franchises to pick up and go to San Antonio, yeah, I mean, crazier things have happened.
3: I mean, we got... It's a big state. Dallas, Texas, Houston...
5: By the way, what kind of cheese – I want to know about the cheese, though, Robert. What kind of cheese are you eating on those crackers?
3: I'm eating uh, uh, sharp, sharp, extra sharp cheese, New York style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing off <laughs> those giants, man. <laughs> extra with, sharp cheese? Extra sharp with, with – um, it's a New York style cheese, extra uh-huh. sharp with cornbread, crispy chips, jalapeno, 10 there grams. <laughs>
5: I like it. Now, I do have to ask you a follow-up question, though, Robert. Um, thumbs up or thumbs down on Velveeta? What do you think about that?
3: If I mix it with enough uh, uh, um, tomatoes,
5: mm-hmm.
3: uh, enough, um, what do you call those, bell peppers?
5: Uh-huh, yeah, sure.
3: And, and enough, some, some spicy jalapenos, Yeah. it's good to go, baby.
5: <laughs> then you get down with it. I appreciate yeah. that, Robert. No, yeah, thanks wait,
3: for... I, have, I have two more questions. Okay. <laughs> did, did you hear this, this, this special on 750 earlier today on my station, San Antonio? The guy was talking about Tiny, Bait, Tiny Archibald. Remember Tiny? He's
5: uh, no, I don't. I know the name, but I, don't, I wasn't alive Tiny, to see Tiny
3: him. Nate Archibald. He's a coach somewhere, and he asked one of the kids that he's coaching, he goes, do you know me? He goes, no, nah, I don't know. He showed us some videos on how to play basketball with the maneuvers. Did you know that Tiny made Archibald average 34 points per game for the, for the Royals? <laughs> okay,
5: Robert, we we should have cut it off at cheese, man. We're doing well with cheese, you know. Thanks for checking in. People hate on Velveeta. I don't get it. Don't get it. I won't stand for it. I will not stand for Velveeta slander on these airwaves, at least during this time slot, you know. I can't do anything if everybody else does it slanders it i have gotta get to this mike and easton we're talking blood types in a rousing edition of while reading and uh mike's got something for us what's going on mike
3: hey good morning hey delvito with rotel great nacho dip i'm all for it (laughs) It's good i'm glad you are yeah the um you mentioned the uh band o negative earlier here uh, um, I know next to nothing about that band. Next to yeah. nothing.
10: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, but here's a fun fact. Fun, useless, worthless fact. I'm a I'm a movie nerd and film a story on an amateur basis. But the 1922 horror movie, Nosferatu, there's a DVD floating out there. I happen to own it. But they took the music out of that. And put in the type o negative band on that d v d okay yeah, and that gives it all it gives it it gives it a really weird feel like I'm not much of a metalhead myself uh-huh. but it, it it's it's fun to watch it's fun to watch with that
5: music overlay <laughs> you know like that
3: that's uh I don't know if you know that movie or not, but that's uh
5: I don't know it's the fun. movie, but uh, t- yeah, typo negative is very very slow. At least the stuff that I heard very plotting. You know, it's not like up tempo. It's ve- I don't know how you describe their sound. It's very just them, but very well,
3: slow. Yeah. At any rate, I mean that's that's fun if you're a movie file if you enjoy movies that's uh, something fun. I enjoyed your psychology on um, on it, what fans think about their teams. And I didn't hear your call from the Dallas Cowboys fan, but I, uh, I'm glad to hear a Dallas Cowboys fan is actually honest about his team. He must, that's the first one I've ever heard in my entire life, from <laughs> hearing from a Dallas fan. Uh, Did you think it was odd that Deshaun got just 11 games? Isn't that an odd number?
5: Yeah, it is. And listen, man, thanks for checking in, Mike. It's an odd number, but you could tell it was a settlement. It's a settlement number, you know? that's It had settlement written all over it. Why you come to it, it's just odd. Yeah, I thought the same thing. It's when we were predicting what the punishment was going to be, it was always even numbers, always. Um, but hey, they settled on 11. Is what it is. But yeah, you could tell that was hey, this side wants 17. This side would prefer it at six. And well, that's how we came to that number right there, you know? But in any event, that's where we got it. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe Chris will grace us with some typo-negative bumper music. I don't know. I don't know. Only one way to find out if that's going to happen. And also, while we're talking music, I've got a music story for you that absolutely relates directly to sports around the corner. I'm Brian No, Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports
6: Radio. I'm Brian No, here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
5: Radio, I'll tell you right now, I am stunned that our guy Chris did not take the typo negative bait. This is typo Fun. negative. Is it really? Yes. They sped up yes. over
12: here. No, you don't even recognize the band that you I are requesting for music. I did.
5: I did not. I'm used to black, 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 number. Some whoa, fan, whoa, some fan whoa, you are. I'm not a fan. No, they sound... uh. It's a little more up-tempo. They almost sound happy compared to their earlier days. I looked it up. They're known as uh, gothic rock or doom metal. Those are actually pretty good descriptions called from this their this earlier up, stuff. You this upbeat and
12: happy, and the name of the song is I Don't Want to Be Me.
5: <laughs> yeah, this is uh, compared, I'm telling you, compared to their old stuff, I feel like just doing jumping jacks to this. This is very much upbeat compared to the other stuff. You know? feel like doing uh, some crunches, you know, like some ab work over here to this. Very up-tempo. What happened to those type of negative guys? You know what? They found love. I think that's what happened. They found love. On a song now, called I Don't Want to Be Me. Yeah, you might not want to be you and still be uh, in love and happier. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now. Uh, but while we're uh, talking about music here, so there's a new theme for Thursday Night Football. That's right, now, I don't know, I apologize. I'm not sure how to pronounce this lady's name, but she scored uh she scored some uh famous things before Captain Marvel. she scored that, and also some music she put together for the popular video game Fortnite. So she's done high profile stuff before. I'm not sure how to pronounce this, but Pinar. P-I-N-A-R is her first name. Toprak? I'm not sure. But she does good work. I don't know how to pronounce her name for sure. But this is what she put together for Thursday Night Football, okay? Amazon Prime, new season, Thursday night. We need a theme song for this bad boy. A little uh, sample here. You go smash it or trash it. We'll go music radio. Here it is. <laughs> That sounds very happy, I'd have to say. You know, it sounds like newer typo negative, basically. Um, Not bad. Wow me, but got a little melody to it. It's fine. It's fine. Now, while reading, I stumbled upon this. So they did... um, They put together just a couple of fun facts with the other theme songs for the other NFL networks, right? And so a couple of these were... Uh, interesting. Couple were like, yeah. "Okay, big deal," but the Fox Sports music. I found this to stand out. David Hill, he was the former boss at Fox Sports, so he's like, "All right, we got to have theme music over here," and so he hired some pros to compose the music. But the inspiration came from Hill. He said he was with his son at Six Flags, an amusement park. He was standing in line and heard the Batman jingle playing. He's like, that's a catchy jingle right there. And that was a part of the influence for the Fox NFL music. I don't know if you hear the, the Batman music in it, but the... You know, that Fox music? Somehow it, it's got a Batman feel to it right there. Never knew that. There you go. Fun fact. The NBC music. They hired a 106-piece orchestra. This, to me, isn't as interesting. Apparently, it was taped in the California studio lot where the audio of The Wizard of Oz was made. Eh, okay. That doesn't do a whole lot for me. This, I did like. Monday Night Football. That theme music, it came from a British composer who never watched football. He has no no idea about football and he made this this score. It's called Heavy Action. It's this dude, Johnny Pearson. He wrote the music for commercial music purposes in England. And so Monday Night Football adopted Heavy Action in 1989. They fully committed to Heavy Action. That's been the theme song for Monday Night Football. Written by some dude who never watched football at all. There you go. And now I don't know this... Uh, woman who composed the music for a Thursday Thursday Night Football, if she's a diehard NFL junkie or she's like this other dude who really never watched it. I don't know, but uh, not bad. Not bad. Kind of catchy. We'll see if it... Uh, I don't know, the more and more you hear it. Look, it happens with hit songs a lot. I'll hear hit songs. There are many where I'm like, this song is freaking terrible. And... If you hear it over and over and over again, every now and then, you come around. You're like, it's not so bad. I'm kind of used to it now. Maybe it's the same thing with this theme song. Brandon, you have something for us here? Yeah, it's not football related, but do you know who composed the
16: Olympic theme?
5: I don't. I don't think I know that, no.
16: Same man who did Jurassic Park, Star Wars, believe Jaws, also John Williams.
5: Oh, yeah, no kidding. Wow, he's got some... uh, He's got some good stuff under his musical belt right there.
16: I'll tell has, you what, man. I think he's won like the most Academy Awards or been nominated for the most Academy Awards.
5: Yeah. Yeah, well, man, the Jaws thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Just the uh
16: pretty much music Pretty much every Spielberg movie he has composed the music for.
5: I think that's just a minor second, you know? Just like a half step away. That's it, you know? It's the main hook right there. I do love this. The HBO boxing music was freaking tremendous. A little taste of that. I love this. It gets going here too. Yes, I just feel like training right there. It feels like Eminem should be saying something angry over that. I love that. That's tremendous music right there. Love that theme song. I don't think the Amazon Prime stuff is going to make me want to just like, I don't know, start running or lifting weights or something. I love that HBO boxing music. That was the jam right there. Love that.
12: Feels um, on the Amazon music, they're going for like an NFL films vibe. It definitely sounds like something they've used for NFL films before, but yeah, a lot of the background is also, I, I don't know what that instrument is in the background. The, the drums are way too fast, though, for anything <laughs> NFL films. It's like they're trying to go like, NFL Films ADD version.
5: All right, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'm going to listen to it while thinking of what you just said. Yeah, like a lot of fast symbols in it.
12: Yeah, very it, it's very fast the in the background, but it does something. It does sound like something off of. The you know what, what's, what's the album yeah, uh, yeah. for forty years? Autumn Thunder. It sounds like you can find something like that off Autumn Thunder, just remixed.
5: I, yeah, as far as like the melody, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Do you know who composed the music for all this stuff? Brandon. I played
16: too much Madden when I was a kid, <laughs>
5: <laughs> and it said it on there. Yeah, it just gave yeah. Him props? They had
16: like all of his uh, like all the good music on there was. Uh, they had all like the NFL films music. It was awesome.
5: Very nice very cool
16: a new game oh. is probably my favorite that one's sick
5: yeah is that what we're listening to no, right this is, now this is rounded. No, rounded this is rounded is that the fourth track i just is that the fourth track on the album i don't remember track listing <laughs> i just used to because i used to play all this old school music this is years ago i was working in fresno from like 06 to 09 and i grabbed all these songs and i didn't know the name so i just wrote down the track number yeah, well, but you I never can kind of hear some of the, of the Amazon
12: song. music in that here. I think I've got another track here from Autumn Thunder. Let's see.
13: It's a good one.
5: <laughs> I love that part. Yeah, it's a little metal influence on the NFL film stuff, I feel like. You know? I don't know if... Uh, it's like a specific sound. Name? I could definitely see what Amazon was
12: going for there,
5: yeah. What was Sam's last name, Brandon? Sam Spence. Sam Spence. I don't know if he's a metalhead. not sure, but I feel a little metal vibes. With he some unfortunately of passed away. It's too bad. Um, all right, we've got Kevin Figures with us to spin us around the sporting landscape. What's going on, K Fig? All right, Brian.
11: Well, plenty of baseball going on Friday night. It was capped off in San Diego. Padre fans booing Josh Hader off of the field. He has not gotten off to a great start with them so far. He allowed three earned runs on Friday night. Did mm. not record a single out. National's beating the Padres six to three. Mookie Betts with three hits and scored the eventual winning run for the Dodgers. They defeated the Marlins two to one. Cardinals have won five straight in 14 of their last 17. They notch a five to one victory over Arizona, much to they're the delight of Brian. No, they're <laughs> moving along there, K. Fig. They sure are, and could be a, a dark horse here. And then in the National League, all of a sudden, Aaron
5: bat is waking up. Look out! We'll see what happens. I uh, hope so. I'll tell you what, man, real fast. My dad's dream. He said this for years. He's like, B, when the cards are in the World Series, we're going. He'll t- <laughs> nice. <laughs> He'll tell me that so often, so I I don't know when that's going to happen. Hopefully here shortly. But now uh, were you we're not there. able
11: to make it in the prior runs? I think what 2011 and 2005, yeah, or yeah. six
5: whatever those years were. Yeah, never made it to a oh, World wow. Series game for them or anybody else.
11: Well, we, I guess it will be pretty sweet uh, if uh, Albert Pujols can cap off his career with another World Series oh. championship back home in St. Louis. It would be cool. Yeah.
5: What uh, do you think as far as the home? I'm ruining your update right here. No, no, it's quite all right. all right. Go on. Uh, what do you think about the home run total? He's at 690 right now mm-hmm. where do you think he ends up well i mean i think he
11: I, I i'm hoping that he can hit 700 but i don't think that's likely just based on either. the pace of this season yeah. but look i mean look if he ends up if he gets five more and he's sitting at 695 uh, maybe he looks at coming back next year and seeing if he can you know push uh push past the 700 mark i certainly wouldn't put it past him And if you're that close you almost have to right
5: yeah right like I don't know. He seems like he's firmly retired, but yeah. I think it's a more likely he passes A-Rod. He'd need right. seven more to pass A-Rod. I think that's doable. But if he was getting three, four at-bats every game, like sometimes he gets one or yeah, none. Yeah, that's you the know? thing. He's just not playing often enough,
11: too. Yeah. That, that's the big factor. But that's the thing. And also, I guess some people may hold it against him, saying, well, you're just hanging on to beat a record. And maybe he yeah. doesn't want that stigma against him. Yeah. So I can see him retiring just based on that, too.
5: But I certainly what would think he, be he cool might to see. end up smack dab at 696 and be tied with A Rod. Ooh, that would be tempting for me to actually come if I were him <laughs> to want to come back at that point. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, if you
11: get six, you get to 696. Depending on the amount of bats that you get with the DH, especially in the NL, I mean, is 715 that far away? No, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really so not. Why not chase after it if that's the case? I think it'd be pretty cool to see. Uh, elsewhere on Friday, you had Seattle beating Oakland 10-2 for their fourth consecutive win. Mariners have a half-game lead over Toronto for the final AL wildcard spot. Blue Jays shut out the scuffling Yankees for nothing. Teoscar Hernandez with a home run there. Guardians over the White Sox 5-2. 14 strikeouts from Tristan McKenzie. Braves over Houston 6-2. Austin Riley home run number 31 there. Mets, Angels, and Orioles with wins. NFL preseason Saints rookie receiver Chris Olave catching a touchdown pass in a 20-10 to loss to Green Bay. Davis Mills, a touchdown pass in the Texans' victory over the Rams. Back to Brian No.
5: Okay, K-Fig, I got a couple other things to throw at you here, buddy. All right. So um, I saw this where uh, Jay Glazer was all over this story. He loves this story. So Mike Tomlin, the Steelers' head coach, he was on his way to uh, practice – and he saw some kids were fighting in the streets. And so he's like, he got out of his car and they stopped fighting immediately. They knew it was Mike Tomlin. And so he invited them to Steelers camp. And so he was having them do running back drills with Najee Harris. And they were a part of Steelers training camp nice. for a little while. And Jake Laser was like, this is freaking amazing. This is what it's all about. And he's got a point. You know, I, some people, they always find the bad in some of these stories. Like, oh, you're going to reward fighting over you. I look at it differently where it's, look, man, I think we're more, I don't want to get too deep with this, but I think we're more and more likely to just, you know, like dismiss someone or, you know, like, oh, get away. You know, I don't don't like what you're about or there's less embracing and there's more dismissing, you know, but I think that it goes a lot farther, especially depending on the age, go a lot further for. You know, sometimes put an arm around somebody and that changes things. So I I applaud Mike Tomlin. I thought that was awesome. agree. Yeah, you know, oftentimes the reason – who knows what the exact reason
11: was why they were fighting, but, I mean, we could probably agree, especially if it's younger teens, whatever – it's probably over something that's probably not really that important. And, you know, <laughs> maybe it's a, a lack of having something to do or, you know, a, yeah. a welcome distraction or good role models in the home. Things like that can lead to you kind of going astray. So I thought what Mike Tomlin did was was excellent. I think you summed it up perfectly. You scold them a little bit and say, hey, how about yeah. you guys come hang with us for a day, do something productive with your time, and maybe it ends up changing their outlook. You never know how one incident like that can end up changing the direction of a kid's life.
5: Yeah, and I think which is more likely to work? Would it be driving by, saying, uh, idiots fighting, yeah. <laughs> so, or doing what Tomlin did? Right? I think it's much more likely to have a positive impact the way he did it yep. than not doing anything. Because
11: I'm sure he probably had a good talking to the kids, too, initially yeah. before taking them out to camp, getting the lowdown and what their issues were. Right. And then trying to expose them to something positive. I think that's I thought that outlook is absolutely amazing. There should be more of that.
5: Yeah, I don't think the message was I just wanted to reward you guys for fighting. Right. So you do it more cuz that's that's definitely where your future lies. Like <laughs> of course not, right? And I'm sure you caught this some NIL madness. This is awesome. So, The Coldest Crawford. That's his first name is The Coldest. Yep. His given name. What a great name. <laughs> <laughs> so he was once committed to LSU. He's now with Nebraska. So he did a, a commercial for this like heating and cooling place in Lincoln. Check this out.
0: I'm so glad we called SOS. RAC is the coldest.
11: I'm always the coldest.
0: SOS.
11: Hey, this is Dakota Crawford, ride receiver from Louisiana, now
9: playing in Lincoln. Sos. When your AC isn't Dakota's, you call SOS heating and cooling.
11: Their ticks don't make commissions, so they give you an honest opinion, fair pricing, and longer warranties than
9: a
10: competition Guaranteed. Take it from Dakota's. We'll keep you cool this summer.
5: SOS. I think that's what NIL is all about right there, man. You know? I love that. Yeah. That's great. And they made it, you know, like kind of like cheesy 90s style on purpose. hmm Oh, and, I'm sure. Uh, and clearly yeah. he
11: wasn't reading at all.
5: No, uh, no. But, uh, <laughs> we might not have the next Denzel on our hands here, yeah. K-Fig. But... He's also
11: probably a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid, so, <laughs> right. it's, so it's totally fine. <laughs> That's right. And I think it's great, by the way. And I know I think C.J. Stroud mentioned this the other day, saying, like, well, we should get a piece of this giant you know, TV deal that the Big Ten has signed. By the way, I don't disagree with him. It's not uh-huh. going to happen, right. but I don't disagree with him. But he also said, you know what, maybe NIL is for a uh, good way for us to be able to get our piece of the pie. Which is spectacular because for so many years kids oh. have had their jerseys being purchased and all of this and not seeing a dime from it. I think it was great that a, a kid like DeColdis Crawford can profit off of his name yeah. and be able to be able to cut a deal like this. It's
5: great. Hey, and by the way, imagine if we didn't even have NIL. I've contended that NIL is the bare minimum mm-hmm. that the NCAA has to allow. Can you imagine if the Big Ten just signed a $7.5 billion TV deal? And kids weren't able to profit off their name, image, and likeness? Do you realize the arguments that would be made right now? Oh, can only imagine. <laughs> it would be I'm still crazy. making an argument. They should get a piece of that. Yeah. I, it, but the bare minimum is they can at least profit off their name, image, and likeness. Right. Like, y- you can't have a $7.5 billion deal and the kids not even being able to do that. That'd be crazy. There's also this Texas running back, Bijan Robinson. <laughs> I saw this, too. You see this? Yeah. He, he has uh, released a gourmet Dijon mustard. And the slogan is, it's like a touchdown in your mouth. And that's a real story. Bijon with some Dijon mustard. Now, I say mustard is the devil, K-Fig. Do you get down with mustard? Every now and then. It's not my favorite condiment. But uh,
11: depending on my mood, I'll put some mustard on. You know, a hot dog or something.
5: Just you dabble from time to time. Every special now Special
11: occasions. Then. Uh, it just depends on what what my mood is, but general as a general rule, I, I usually don't use it. But if it's around and I want to flavor something up a little bit and get a little bit of a different taste, yeah, Dijon mustard. I'll say this, not a fan in no. any way, shape, or form. Oh wow, it's only okay. just like your your standard yellow mustard. But Dijon mustard, no.
5: Yeah, I like how you you just dabble in mustard. Yeah, it's, uh, you know. It's either a uh, suit and tie affair or just when I feel like it. Yeah, or but I'll say not like- an thing. I don't always think.
11: I kind of describe this the same way with mayo. Like, if I order a sandwich and it comes with mayo on it, I'll uh-huh. eat it, but yeah. I'll never
5: tell someone, hey, make sure you put some mayo on the sandwich. You understand? I'm with you. It's
11: one of those sort of things. So mustard is kind of the same.
5: I used to be, I, I get BLTs all the time. Yeah. And it's standard mayo. And uh, for uh, religiously, I'd be like, no mayo. And they'd forget. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, can't eat it. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and I've changed over the years. It's like, I will never order it, but if it's on there, I'll power through it. Right. You know, it's not the worst. Right. Yeah. No doubt.
11: So are we going to have a, a whole run of like unique names coming in now? And it was like, well, you know what? I'm going to have yeah. a kid in 18 years from now. He might get himself an NIL deal.
5: I know. Kids are going to be named Verizon yeah. <laughs> and you, like AT&T coming up here pretty soon. You know? And, I, and I'll deal that way. All right, coming up next, we'll close it down in style. There's an NFL team that would have been wise to avoid the position that they're currently in. I'll let you know about that. I'm Brian No. Keep it locked right here on
6: Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
5: So the Baltimore Ravens—they're uh, in contract negotiations with Lamar Jackson, and it just—it popped in my head this week, something that Bucky Brooks, NFL Network stuff—you know, draft guru works at Fox Sports Radio. He mentioned this on Speak for Yourself. This was going into the 2021. NFL draft. That was a draft with those five first-round quarterbacks in the top 15 picks. Justin Fields being one of the guys. This is what he said about the Baltimore Ravens back then.
4: If the system is correct, the player will
9: produce. Now it's just about getting players with similar traits. And I'm saying, Justin Fields is a certifiable baller. You get him, you let Lamar Jackson play another year, then he graduates, you hand it to Justin Fields. The success remains the same because the system has proven that.
5: I liked what he was saying then. I love it now. Love it now. Look at where the Ravens are at right now. They're in a spot where they have to overpay Lamar Jackson. That's that's where they're at. Lamar Jackson's going to get somewhere in the neighborhood, I would guess, around $170, $175 million guaranteed. Kyler Murray just got 160 right? I think Lamar's going to get more than that, but I'd say somewhere around 170, 175. That's a lot. That's a lot for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who, yes, did have the MVP season, but people think of Lamar as an MVP every season or that caliber of player. He sucked last year for what we're used to. 16 touchdowns and 13 picks is not good at all in today's NFL. And it's like, well, he was a former league MVP. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> but he it was bad last year. So there's a mixture with Lamar Jackson, I think they'd be way better off with Justin Fields right now. He'd be on a rookie deal. He might be as good as Lamar Jackson over there. They got a legitimate running game, right? A lot more talent there in Baltimore, even though it's not a who's who at wide receiver than they have in Chicago. I guarantee you that much. Um, And you might actually end up on the winning end in the long run that way. But instead, they're going to have to overpay Lamar right now. I do. I think they'd be better off with Justin Fields. Some people will roll their eyes and be like, that's crazy. I I think Justin Fields can be as good as Lamar. He certainly can be as good as Lamar was last year. Lamar didn't do anything that was special. Um, And yeah, I think there's something to that. Now, uh, let's go to another quarterback over here. Tua Tongue of Iloa. this is the latest dolphin propaganda from head coach Mike McDaniel. He was on the Dan Lebitard Show. Check this out. It's the most accurate, catchable ball I've ever seen. So for me, in the way I've learned football and some of the stuff that we got really good at in San Francisco was yards after the catch and and all of those things, um, which is maximized by ball placement in these things. The most accurate, catchable ball you've ever seen? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like reevaluate. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah on that one. I are love you sure that. about that? Oh, man. I, here's the thing. Tyreek Hill and Mike McDaniel now, they are talking up to uh, something fierce, right? And I think it's one of two things. It's either they see something in Tua that a lot of other people have yet to see. Or they're about to be greatly disappointed by Tua Tungavailoa. I think it's one of those two things, right? I think that's how it's going to unfold. All right, lots of good stuff. Good stuff. Everybody have a good day. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, We'll catch you later. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
12: No purchase necessary. VTW through. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.